we are live. Hey, concrete. Okay, I'm gonna try this again. Hey, concrete. Girl, I thought I was talking. <laughs> I hit a mute. Hey, 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 hey. What's goody? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, honey. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, no complaints. It's been a busy freaking day, but um, it's still been a good day. I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Baby, I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh -uh. But, uh -uh. but it's a short work week. <sighs> yes, it is. So and you so, should be happy. Girl, I'm literally grabbing the air. I'm ready for some <laughs> fun times. Yes. And cheering going to be gone with a respective... Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm -hmm. We're about to have some grown up fun. Yes. Shout out to Mr. Curlin. Hey, babe. Oh, um, <laughs> a good anniversary trip to celebrate. Yes. Mm -hmm. We love needed. to see it. Much, much, much needed. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Eugene Steele. And he says, and we are live. Hi, Sister George. Hey, girl, girl. <laughs> What's up, Eugene? Good? What's yeah. good? What's good? What's good? Um, now you gotta come in and be a messy exclamation. <laughs> Y'all ain't shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> baby, listen, let me tell you something. The folks over here so dang on messy, baby. So messy. So, so very messy. But that's all right. We still know y'all. We do. Listen, um, I've tried to make amends with everyone that I've had a falling out with, right? And I noticed like that's big of you. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I really wanted to like kind of be like, um, I don't make amends with people to fit into a crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, because every week I you know, I make it a goal to piss one of y'all off like every week. That's You'd like be a goal. Most times too. Effects. Yeah, <laughs> all facts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do like to um, as much as I like to be in the middle of the fuckery and the shit, mm -hmm. I I do have like a thing to where I'm like, you know what? Um, you didn't did too much. Mm -hmm. Life is too short. You don't necessarily have to walk around with the energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Curlin be like, go on, go upstairs. You know. That kind of mm -hmm. like sometimes the retrograde, honey. Yeah. Oh, you did. I didn't think about that, girl. I, I bring in every every retrograde. You know what? Every one of retrograde. Them. You just need to be on social media break, save for work. Because um, sis, you do get caught up, don't you? Every retrograde. Mm -hmm. I am like, where is the retrograde? Where is the drama? Take me over there. And, you know, every now and then, because last time I didn't get it out. Mm. So every now, every and now, then, now and then, every now and then, <laughs> and, you know, I get to come and take my shit out on you people. Mm -hmm. And then I get to be like. Oh, I love my family and my children. Oh, let me go bake some cookies and be the best wife possible. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. I mean, to me, it that's works. how it goes. Yeah, yeah. 
but um you know i i I saw a lot of people it was like oh my god it couldn't be me oh my god oh she makes up to break up with these ladies with these women and uh you know i actually have a pattern of doing that with damn near everybody Mm -hmm. i make up with everybody why at some point i just i feel like you know life is very very short Mm -hmm. and i don't want to have to act an ass with you every time i see you and sometimes i don't want to ignore you you know like if you're saying something you may say some things that i may not agree with right now Mm -hmm. but i don't always think that it's like a a thing um or like it's it's some real real life beef and Yeah, I'm like, you know, it's not that deep to me. And I guess, you know, I always say that I'm very amicable, super friendly, you know, just real chill. And I do consider myself those things. But I am also the type of person that, especially if we don't really have a relationship, um, if you piss me off or if we come to blows, then like you kind of dead to me. Like, you know, you, you no longer exist to me because I have not formed a relationship with you so I don't really care you know whether or not I interact with you um and you know I'm just kind of I take that hard stance and that doesn't mean for me that you know I gotta come at you hard every time I see you because like I said you did to me you don't exist in my eyes because I didn't have a friendship with you or any kind of relationship with you prior to our falling out. But, you know, I feel like for me, like when certain boundaries are crossed, like there's no coming back from it. And it's kind of like F you <laughs> type of attitude. Um, I realize that this is probably a different type of space though. And what I've noticed about a lot of people here in this space, everybody is coming for your jugular. Like, everybody's coming for your jugular if you if you did something wrong in kindergarten baby they gonna tell you kindergarten honey we saw we saw when you peed in your pants and you tried to hide hide them underwear we saw you listen they coming for you honey they coming for you and what i've realized a lot about this space the space is toxic as hell and Um, is is the space is very very toxic um what you know the thing that it's like i don't want to talk about the faith situation but i kind of do just a little Mm -hmm. bit i Um, mean i feel like we we can um talk about it briefly we know how to be tactful i do agree that the space is toxic and to be completely honest and i know like we we operate from different spaces of like in regards to how we handle things but that's why i'd be like girl like um you know especially when there's a lot of stuff going on in the space i just cannot be bothered because i know that that affects my energy you know outside like i'm not the type of person that if we arguing and going back and forth and it gets real heated, like I'm going to carry that energy, not meaning I'm about to go curse my husband out, but I'm just going to be in a bad mood. Like I, I feel like a heaviness. It's kind of hard for me to explain, but I'm like, oh, and sometimes I'm like, dang, why do I feel this heaviness or why am I so pissy? And you know, why am I, why am I feeling bothered? And I have to think back like, oh, this person that I went toe to toe with earlier. So for me, I just tried to stay low and out the way unless 
I have to, you know, get involved. Oh, honey, I feel like it's, um, for me, it, it can be sometimes therapeutic. And it's probably some shadow work I need to work on. Honey. Oh, I, the, I, the, the toxicness can be therapeutic? Like getting, getting you out. have to think about it. If you're able to, and not to say that I live like a bad home life, I would say in every aspect of my life, I would say my home life would rank at the top point period blank. Mm -hmm. But you have work and you have friends and you have um thing household shit you have other things that surround that um but it's like a good way like if i can come cuss your ass out and get back to my regular normal life <laughs> i'm good like yeah. you know and i was like i, I probably need to work and think about that <laughs> because it's like am i really ignoring other issues or whatever outside of that and i don't feel like i am i i use it as a tool like you know what i don't get to show my ass like this in my real life period period right. so it's like i can come here i don't have to suppress myself um I yeah. can be, but I feel like I can be my total self. Yeah, you know I mean? but even with you, okay, so like everything that happened um, and, you know, like you get to get it off, but like sometimes the the repercussions from that or sometimes the the blowback from that is heavy. It's still like, damn, you know, like it's ongoing for two weeks. Like who, well, like you were saying our last show, like come every time you, you know, come online and seeing your name and titles now, of negativity. About I think that's a difference though. I think that's a difference um, because to me, you can have arguments and disagreements with somebody without a bunch of people making a bunch of videos about you. And yeah, then I even think. when it comes down to that, it's like, you know, when I really consider the sources of, you know, who's been keeping up the most shit as in regards to me, mm -hmm. then I'm really looking at the source like, well, it's easy to point out everything that you feel that I'm doing wrong, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't get on here and expose like your own bullshit. And it's easy to point at everybody else's shit. Easy. And I, and I kind of look at it like, you know what? At the end of the day, I am an accountable person. I can face my own bullshit. Um, I don't generally allow people to use any, like if I said it on here, that's what the F I said and that's what I meant. And you know, like, oh well. Um, yeah. No. I think it's a difference. Like, if you're going through and people are like, "Oh my gosh, you're this and you're that," and you have people who've never had a conversation, kind of right. having like these same thought processes and viewpoints, right. that gets to be a that. Now, I'll say that yeah. that is um, that should be more of a that's more of a thing to me as opposed right. to you know just a, a couple arguments and it's not like it's yeah not i mean constant. i ain't above yeah. arguing with nobody or and i dang sure ain't above disagreeing with nobody i am yeah yeah so i'm just talking about like the getting in the mud like where it get disrespectful and we gotta be calling each other out our names and stuff like that and sometimes you know you this the, the youtube space is like youtube is so fickle you never know like literally during that argument you say something that somebody don't like and then as a result people making 
um, videos about you and got they got your name in their mouth and you just, you know, never know how it plays out. But I, I'm certainly not above uh, telling somebody, you know, where they can go and or disagreeing with talking points. Girl, I could do that all day. Yeah, I think um, when it came down to that other situation mm-hmm. and you know what I said mm-hmm. and, and then the blowback from that. I've never experienced that type of blowback right. um, from so many people at one time. So I yeah. think that was like one of the things that was kind of shocking. But then at the same token, um, people say, well, you don't have a backbone. You don't have a backbone because you're quick to make up or you'll make up with it. It's not that I don't have a backbone. I just feel like um, I don't look at situations like where people are like dead to me unless they're dead yeah i don't consider it you not having a backbone but i just like i i wouldn't say like me personally i wouldn't like clearly you got a backbone you you definitely stand up for yourself whenever you feel somebody has infringed upon those boundaries but i just feel like uh for me it's I'm just very um, staunch and principled on the fact that once you cross a boundary with me, I ain't rocking with you like that. Like, you know, not, and it don't have to be no disrespect. Like I'm not the type of person that like, it got, unless you say something to me, it don't necessarily even have to be beef. Like we can yeah. be in the same space. You just, I, it's like, I don't see you. I'm, I'm ignoring you. But um, you know, like once you like, and that's why I am very careful as it relates to me going there. Cause I know that, once that line is crossed, it ain't no coming back from it for me. But that's what the the beauty in, in being an individual is how you deal with conflict and how you choose to resolve it and move forward. And can, nobody can judge you for that. You know, everybody has their Girl, own way of dealing with conflict. Listen, judge a mammy. Girl, exactly. Listen, mm-hmm. um, you know, and as you go through this space and you, you think about people and you see what's up, everybody has gone through something you got to go through something mm-hmm. to get through something yep. and you know it ain't gonna be the first time i cut somebody ass out so that's where i'm at but i am on to bigger and better things okay, okay and you know i'm putting i'm putting my crown back on i'm putting back on the white gloves honey i'm about to sit back on the usher boy honey that's okay. all I'm gonna do. Sit on the usher boy and then, <laughs> into the and, next retrograde. All right, all right. No, all right. girl, I'm I'm out. You know, yeah. um, Curlin no, gave listen. me a good talking to, ma'am, ma'am. Come what? on, Stop. he did. You know, but Curlin, Curlin recognizes that. You know, um, yeah, like sometimes you know you gotta uh, release the shadow, honey. Get off into the shadow. Understand who you are. That's yeah. your essence understand yeah. that and so um when me and my shadow rectify we good so you know and that's all some things that i understand about me I'm yeah cool and that's that's important you know like you know who you are and you know you 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 are quick to say that's something i'm still working through or gotta work through or need to pay attention to or whatever so child you know it is what it is people yeah you know because people be like she's so robotic and she just don't be saying nothing and she robot i'm robotic as hell sometimes and then i'd be like fuck that let's go yeah it'd be like that Mm. it'd be like that but um you said you was gonna say something about faith oh well you want to read the super chats first yes uh (laughs) shout out to jay the conqueror he says concrete be ghost watching everything and then calling me to get the damn tea i'll be like you know i'll be the damn damn thing i'll be like wait what happened three days later you'd be like it was like 
seriously i talk to Danny. she either ghost watch or she don't watch yeah I, I really don't like i've been i've subscribed to some people as of late so i've been seeing more Child. stuff in my timeline and now i like the, the last two days i've been seeing stuff but um i don't even typically watch at all i find out late but you know it is what it is mm-hmm. that's probably for good reason because baby y'all have me stressed like i uh-uh, you have to be knowing when to uh, walk away from this shit. Yeah. Look at, see, yeah. look at Black Wizard. You just ain't gonna let me oh let God. me make it home. <laughs> Sister George needs that Jordan meme. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> you get some damn help. Shit. Uh oh, Black Wizard. Everybody needs some damn help. Listen, not not everybody, but everybody. Um, most everybody. of us. Everybody. No, not everybody. everybody. Why you say that? Because I, I just don't believe in like blanketed things like that. Like I think that there are some people who may not need any help, but um, there's nothing wrong with needing some help. And you know, some people go through a season where they do, and some people may never. They just fair in a fair deal with things differently. But um, you know, I, I don't know. That's I just, interesting. I'll, yeah, I it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with needing help, but um, I don't know. I've always been bothered by like when people use that blanketed term or they'll say, oh my gosh, every uh, there's something, there's a saying that people use and it's like saying basically some, one blanketed statement is applicable to everybody. And I'll just be like, no, because it's oh no, girl, I, I, I don't think, I think um, when it comes down to understanding traumas Mm -hmm. and understanding like you you're gonna go through life and you're gonna get hurt at times um yeah i don't i don't think it has to be because now i i I don't think everybody goes around and participates in fray you know what i'm saying right fuckery and bullshit i definitely don't think that but um i don't think that uh anybody is um excluded from traumas and pains and stuff no 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 that's not what i'm saying not everybody everybody goes through traumas but some people are just good at you know healing themselves or some people are very very in tune with their spiritual or their higher creator and like they are into meditation and you know maybe the type of maybe i guess when i was thinking of help i'm thinking of specifically medical help but maybe the help that they're seeking is through their their healer or through you know what i mean so yeah i I think there are all forms like i I wasn't thinking medical when i said it okay yeah you're right in that regard yes everybody does go through trauma and has to heal from that in whatever way you know works best for them so yes i agree with that yeah um shout out to d mac the trucker he says sister george you know the fuckery is addictive listen it is this space needs to be in syndication it really should (laughs) i mean it's never a dull moment around here and people was like this is like the love and hip-hop of the (laughs) it really is oh baby you ain't never lied i gotta come up with a new storyline (laughs) y'all you ain't never lied oh goodness um okay omega dress that's gotta be an experience oh yeah that's interesting they're trying to get them um legalized like medically i think they should be i think Uh, um yeah so they cure depression or they are very uh helpful with depression i think um is it shrooms or is it pcp that they're trying to get legalized whatever makes you trip so because they're saying like it could you can unlock traumas as a result um shrooms is what i think that does that and um 
it's used in you know like they're starting to do all the retreats and stuff with them like the uh healing retreats and whatnot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i've heard that a lot so yeah it's interesting did you were we mentioning um everything that happened or do you want to move on to um, something let me ask you a question okay because <laughs> F it we're here. ask away if you put out something um that was personal is it a good thing should people be able to exploit it um without any repercussions and you know i don't want to keep mm -hmm. um bringing up the faith situation but faith put out something very personal about her life and her family yeah. life and people when they got mad at her they used that against her mm -hmm. so to answer the question um and I'm about to give a long answer. I will say personally, um, I'm very careful with what I say. And me and Danny have even talked about that. Like I, am, you know, Danny is more of an open book when it comes to certain things. And I'm like, hell to the no, 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 no. Because I've seen people misuse information or, you know, uh, use information or that you've given about yourself against you and, you know, use it to try to berate you or use even information to dox you and things of that nature they do absolutely they will weaponize it against you so i am very careful with what i um, expose about myself in this space because i know how i am and that would impact me especially something so personal as to what um, was used against faith so should people use it against you i think that it's um immoral i mean i think that it shows a lack of moral compass for someone to use that type of information against you um especially especially in a malicious way and i um am not in alignment with people doing that type of stuff but the reality is people are seedy people are shady people move real funny in these youtube streets and we all know it so there is a likelihood that anything you say will at some point be used against you I used to kind of be like, oh, um, I'm not going to tell anybody anything because, you know, you get scared of people trying to use anything against you. Right. And you know how I came into the space and it was like I kind of came into the space. Right, right, right. With all my stuff on Front Street. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I've, I've had people who've tried to. Um, but my whole thing is it's like. I am a person that has made it through a lot of things and I'm still under the the guise that you can't use my traumas and the things that I've gone through against me. I've already gone through that. And then when it as it pertains to family members and stuff like that, I'm especially like you damn sure can't use those type of things against me if, if especially if I had nothing to do with it. And I right. feel like a part of healing is like you should be able to talk about it and anybody trying to use that against you um think about the things that they are covering it up they're covering up if they have to sit there and say well you know what you used to da 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 da, -da and da 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 and you ain't shit because you did da 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 da, -da. um and to me it kind of brought about the bigger question when it comes down to correcting and correction and you you i wanted to kind of get off into that too it's like if you're trying to tell women 
mm-hmm. um, a different path or a different way and it's a messaging that they don't like they definitely will use everything against you but I feel like you kind of have to yeah. push through all of that because your story may be inspirational to others mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a bond thing but you can tell somebody how to make it through and um, maybe give them tools to make it through mm-hmm. um, things that they've experienced and I think yeah, that that's a good thing. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think that, you know, we have to also um, understand like the space that we're in. I do think that, you know, what, what, like, for example, what you've shared is a part of your story. Um, and I think that being real and being honest about that is a thing of beauty. But I think that being aware of what where you are and how that information could be used against you is also imperative i am not one to be closed off or to shy away from sharing with somebody who i've formed a relationship with or with someone who i feel safe with safety is a requirement for me to open up and share my personal business because i know the world that we live in and i've seen too many people do like literally right before our eyes every day in this sector we are seeing people reveal very personal things about other people and it's not their place to tell in some instances and I will be damned if I give you the ammo you need to attack me to berate me and to freaking come after my husband and my children oh baby no I, I it won't happen so I'm not above sharing I'm not like shying away from my story and how I've came to be the successful woman that I am today but I am very strategic as it relates to um where and how much I share because I know how nasty people in this space is like it's some it's some pieces of crap in this space and you know, I'm just not going to give you the ammo. I feel like to me, that's that's similar to, you know, so in, you know, in our home, um, we have protection. So that would be like uh, leaving the protection, you know, on the dining room table um, and just leaving it out. And of course, we're in our house, so we should be able to leave it wherever. But if a burglar comes in, we're essentially handing him the weapon that he needs in order to do away with us. So I just feel like it's important to make sure that you are taking extra precautions to protect yourself by, for me, limiting the information that I give, or as long as you're, if you're going to freely give information, you know, you understand what the ramifications of that could potentially be. Okay, well... Let me read the super chat, Danny. Danny on mute. Oh, um, I was. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize I was on mute. I was just talking. Go ahead. <laughs> um, shout out to Eugene Steele. He says this happens all the time now. When you're trying to correct somebody, somebody will be triggered. And, um, somebody will be triggered. Will try to come at you and use your words against you. Absolutely, absolutely. Very true. But you know. Um, you know, I think that it's it's important for you to be authentic to yourself. So if that part of that authenticity means that, you know, you want to share because you could potentially help someone else, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, you know, yeah, people literally I've had people use information that I've, I've shared like with, freely because I know, you know, 
this is what I want to share. This is the amount of information I want to share and misuse it. Make allegations that I didn't been engaged for 10 years and ain't still ain't got married. And, you know, make allegations like literally putting words in my mouth, twisting word, make allegations that I'm working multiple jobs in order to take care of my husband or pay for a wet. Like people will literally. And then that's the thing, because they don't know. And I'm just dropping little nuggets. They are trying to piece together information and be wrong as two damn left shoes. That's also true. That's also true. But um, I guess, did that affect you um, in a very negative way? Um, it didn't, I wouldn't say in a very negative way, but I do get annoyed with, I was annoyed. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm an emotional woman. So nah, when you girl. literally, I'm a, you know, I, I'm all Gemini. Like seriously, I'm very, you know, I'm emotional. So um, when I see somebody, um, you know, misrepresenting facts as it relates to me, it will piss me off and I'll address it and be like, you damn lie. That's not how it happened. Um, you wrong, you know, but um, so it did bother me to a degree, not so much as so that I had to dwell on it or make a video about it or make content <laughs> about it. But I was a little bothered seeing the lie. Like, don't have my name in headlights when when it comes to a lie, girl. Um, but what I've realized too is, um, people will do any and everything to get to a certain spot. And if that means jumping over you to get to that spot and that's what they have to do, I feel like that's exactly what they'll do. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's no big deal. It's nothing. Um, or, and it's interesting, like the energy people want you to carry with, with you. And it's like, if you decided to go after everybody to destroy everybody who talked about you, it would be a never ending thing or, you know, but I, I, what yeah. I've chose to do is, I'm just going to withdraw and you know, you got it. Do what you do. So the next retrograde at least, but you know, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm just like, I'm not playing with these people. Like y'all, I, 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 yeah. I, because, you know, there was a time when I was in the space all the time, all day long, I was in the space. And when, when I started to see when, when the, um, when I started to see people doing some of the things that they were doing in the space, i.e. berating people, misusing information, doxing, um, that's when I first initially started to pull back a bit. And I was like, okay, you know, um, this isn't necessarily the space that I want to be in, or I have to, like, that's my defense mechanism. Like the walls go up and I'm like, all right, I got to protect myself because they moving real grimy out here. And I'll be damned if, I give them the ammunition to, you know, um, berate me or to dox me or to, you know, um, try to contact my employer. Like these people. And they're the not, limits. they're not above that. I know. Um, you know, I, I felt so bad for Miss Kim. It was like, girl, I couldn't even leave that woman information up. Ugh, that was so awful. Like literally she was a guest, was only in the space for a matter of two hours and people was literally trying to call her employer. Girl, like they was trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I have had, um, I'll say us as a platform, we've been pretty pretty no not pretty consistent we've been upfront about exactly who we are the whole nine we've been upfront about whatever 
um, we've conducted more interviews than any women in the space. And so it's like, damn, we should have, we should be reputable in certain aspects. Um, but you know, it be what it is. And it's like, ain't nobody got a front to y'all, you know? I'm trying to tell you. But anyway. Hey, Faith. I saw you highlight her comment. Yeah. Shout out to Faith Factor um, in the building. Um, shout out to Mr. Curlin. Hey, babe. He says, folks, stay making up shit about folks around here. It really speaks to their to a lack on their side, a lack on their side with regard to whatever they got going on. It's some pathetic shit, in my opinion. Facts. It is. It really is. And, you know, the more sensational, the better um, people will stay engaged in that. Um, and then, you know, it's interesting because what people will do, if you clip something up and you're just running um, clips and you're not giving full context or you don't know the full story and you're putting out rumors, every time somebody comes at you, it's like, Oh, well, A, B, C, D. And I heard this on such and such. Or, you know, you know where they got the info from. And that's what they, they do. They uh, go back and forth. Oh, well, I heard such and such. Da, 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 da. And, you know, it's just the ongoing cycle. So I'm like, you know what? Y'all will be all right. Um, I just, I take into account what I have actually going on in real life and i revel in what i have going on in real life and then if we keeping it a bug it's not like we have a bad platform here either i love doing a breakdown breakdown lit. facts 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 all, all facts yeah. um i think the people who like frequent our space regularly um i'm not even so concerned about them but it's like when you say something that somebody doesn't like um you know, like, let's say we have someone that's not necessarily, uh, you know, a regular to our space um, and they visit and we have a, a we have dissenting opinions on a view. And literally you can say something they don't like and then they go digging for stuff on you like they're yeah. literally and or there are people who will listen just to hear like they're trying to catch you up. So those are the people that I'll be like, I, I mean, the people who, you know, rock with us hard, like I'm not concerned about them. It's other folks. Yep, 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 yep. But uh, let's keep it pushing, honey. I want to. You got talk. some tea because I definitely Girl. do. Oh, yeah. What's, what's tea? So I was watching, uh, you know, I was scrolling, 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 mm -hmm. whatever I was on. And I want to say I was on Instagram. And I came across this clip with like it's like a dating style show or whatever mm -hmm. and there was this girl it was two girls and a guy and they were like kind of interviewing this guy for the one of the girls right and you know the girl was sitting there talking to the guy the guy was telling her he was a nuclear physicist and um you know i think he had another career at first but he was getting ready to go into the military mm -hmm. and that he was reading the art of strategy and he was talking about a test he had passed um and he was talking about how well he had did on the test and everything and the gr the girl who was trying to date him or they were trying to set her up set him up with she was like oh no pass he didn't have enough personality and i was sitting there and i was thinking to myself like 
bitch, you date the nuclear physicist just to see if you're going to have any chemistry. Right. Like, she, what she the did, hell? <laughs> she didn't feel a connection, huh? Girl, she didn't feel a connection. And then I was thinking mm -hmm. about, I was thinking about this. You remember, like, you catch the butterflies and the connection. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks later, the nigga ghost your ass and you never hear from him again. <laughs> and then you sitting over there looking stupid. Mm -hmm. And I was just like. Well, nothing but a wet tail to show for it. That part. And I was just, I was like, damn, <laughs> where was her mama and her folks? I do think that, um, you know, I hear a lot of young women say things like that. Like I saw a woman on TikTok who had literally, I saw a post from her who she was literally talking about how unattractive she is and how she's going to stop dating because she's not conventionally attractive. So she set, did a Hinge profile, met a guy on Hinge, talked about how nice he was. The guy, you know, took her out on a date, took her for ice cream afterwards. They went into Lush because the ice cream place was next to Lush and he bought her like bath bombs and stuff, told her to pick out anything she wanted. Was really sweet to her and she was like, she had to dead him because he didn't give her butterflies. Like she, and I'm like, sis, like really? <laughs> like literally you were saying that you have never had a boyfriend that you have always been told that, and you know, she just wasn't conventionally attractive, um, oh. you know, which most, a lot of black women aren't necessarily conventionally attractive, but for you to go through all that and meet a guy who you said was the nicest guy you've ever met, treated you so sweet, was so nice. I had a lot to talk about and you like, oh, okay. Because he didn't make me <laughs> wet. Um, you know, I, like, what's wrong with folks? Child? I think that we as women, and it, you know, this is going to tie into our topic later, but I think a lot of women kind of fail their daughters in not teaching them about the difference in between the butterflies and actually like really getting to know a person at their core. You know, on surface, a person could be nervous. Um, you know, you you won't know a person until you know a person. Right. And so if you're going off of just surface level shit, mm -hmm. you're not going to make it very far because mm -hmm. everybody is going off of surface level shit. Yep. And I was like, you think about all the girls and the guys that they want. And typically most girls are trained up to go after the same dudes oh, over yeah. and over again. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, so you don't want to be competition so you want the guy to realize exactly who you are mm -hmm. you want him to recognize you out of a crowd of people and y'all are supposed to walk away in the sunset together yeah. and most situations don't necessarily work out like that, that and true. i kind of feel like we we do ourselves an injustice and especially mm -hmm. when it comes down when i saw her i was like bitch you know what i was I'm screaming even... at my phone like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even like I, I i you know i understand wanting to feel wanting a physical wanting wanting to be physically attracted to somebody i get that um but like sometimes it takes sometimes it takes getting to know someone for a connection to grow all connections aren't going to be instant 
Um, and like I, as a grown woman, I didn't have the butterflies. I, I had the butterflies when I met my husband, but that is a feeling that wanes. It's not a constant when he get on your dang on nerves and leaving the toilet seat up and you be like butterflies where I'm tired of this mofo, you know? So that's not like <laughs> we hold on to this idyllic view of what we think love is supposed to be. And it comes from as girl, as women, we're fed this notion of a fairy tale. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with wanting a Prince Charming, but sometimes a Prince Charming may come disguised as a frog. But the thing that kind of messed me up, it was the guy was not, he was attractive. Maybe he was, and I don't know, maybe he just, she said he didn't have a personality and I'm going to go with that. But when she said he didn't have a personality and I'm like, you took 30 seconds of a, like, this guy talked for 30 seconds and it was like some of the things that he was talking about. So if a person is reading the art of strategy, personally, I would want to know because I'm very strategic myself and I like being strategic. Um, I thought that that would have been interesting or he was in school. So school requires dedication and being able to be consistent about something. And it was like, to me, she overlooked, um, she overlooked qualities that would actually make for a, a decent husband somewhere down the line versus, um, you know, surface level shit. Like if he was over there talking slick and fly, right? you know what I'm saying? Like he, he had, you know. In all, yeah. in all fairness, like, I, you know, I, when I was young, like my ex, he, um, he, the thing about me is I've always liked attractive men but attractive men with good character <laughs> you know like i wanted to I, yeah. you know i wanted to find dude but at the same time you got to have good character like because of the fact that i'm a delicate flower like i you ain't gonna be able to talk to me any type of way i don't yeah. like those smooth talking types because i know what comes with that so literally i've always had men with pretty sound character um they just also happen to be fine so, mm. you know, so I get, you know, you wanting to be somebody, wanting it to be somebody that's physically attractive. But I think like, is that more important than him having good character and, you know, being a quality guy? And it's interesting that you're putting like emphasis on like his profession and stuff, because I saw a TikTok yesterday that said um, that nice guys are dangerous. Um, uh well, child everybody's dangerous <laughs> everybody um i don't look at i don't put shit past anybody so i don't take the nice guy and say that he has a profession and a career and think that that's gonna make him the overall like his career overall defines him but 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 if you if they own this get the bag shit and they talking about the get the bag movement and um, what he got to offer, what the man is able to bring to the table and this is that in the third. And then looking at them having to go through, they don't want to compete. It, it's a lot of things that kind of shape my thought process of that. But I'm listening to them and taking the shit that they've been saying and saying, okay, if you have a nuclear physicist, you at least get to know and say, okay, yeah, this is not going to be a guy that I mesh with. But you don't turn down a nuclear physicist, especially in this. I just thought it was stupid. 
I don't know. I I was like, girl, so, you you at least see you you see where where that goes. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Like in thirty seconds, I'm not necessarily gonna know that. You know, that's my but, point. Like in thirty seconds, you're not gonna know. But you go out with a guy like that at least on a date to see. You know what I'm saying? Unless you get like very very super duper creepy vibes, like you know he gonna kill your ass or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, you could get, give give it a chance to see. Like, and sometimes if, I'm gonna tell you, I t I've told this story multiple times. This is something I'm not um, I'm not weary about sharing. But my husband, when I first met him, I was like, I thought he was a stick in the mud because <laughs> we went to this little um, Caribbean spot um, on our first date and. Um, he had on like a suit he he had on a suit i mean he works in you know corporate so he he was looking good in the suit but i was like it was more of like a dress down spot and i had on like a dress and you know like a um a sweater but um he had like a, he he was a slightly overdressed so i was like Oh, is he gonna be <laughs> is he gonna be like and he has a very stern look like you like he just looks like you don't, he ain't nobody to play with. So my I'm husband like, look like his name should be Virgil or something. Like he, <laughs> like he said, works for the CIA. Oh my gosh, not he do. Virgil. Yeah. He looks like he don't play. Like he just has that demeanor. So I was like, ooh, I don't think we gonna mesh. And we sat down and we started talking and immediately started talking about black conscious stuff. But everybody who like my sisters, everybody when they first meet him, they be like. Like he seen me, <laughs> but he's not. So sometimes you have to like get to know somebody. Sometimes what you see at first glance is not enough to tell you if you and that person will mesh, if y'all have enough in common, or even if you'll like him. Yeah, yeah. So when Homegirl was like, I'm able to read guys so good. I was like, bitch, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, shout out to Dane C. He says, Danielle and Concrete. Hey, hey, what's up, What's good, Dane? I got a question for you, sis. Uh-oh. Did you see your good sis, because the heifer ain't mine, that went ahead and emptied her boyfriend's mother's um, ashes out of her urn because he cheated on her? Well? Danny, come on now. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a freaking minute. There are boundaries that you just don't cross. Ain't no like I ain't no way in hell him cheating should have resulted in you dumping his mom's ashes. Listen, concrete. Look, no, come on now. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm I'm gonna give you the game. Lord have mercy. You ready? As long as you're being reasonable. They stay pregnant. They keep a man. Crazy bitches keep a man. They can't. <laughs> Listen, I bet he get back with him. Listen, if he get back, I with better her, get back. He with couldn't her. be my brother, cause if he get back with her, you going, you going to meet mama, you going to meet up with mama. Like, come on now, ain't no way in hell. Like, I was like, come the heck on, how unreasonable is that? And she's like forty something. You forty years old, listen, and you behaving like a twelve year old child. Listen, and he future. has enjoyed every minute of it. Man, this leave is that not, man. Listen. She likes it and he loves it. You and it, it's crazy because, you know, he'll cheat on her, run around. She didn't threw that man's mama's ashes out, but he'll get back with her and she'll get back with him. Um, Ain't no way. Like, it's certain stuff I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even play like that. Like, 
I don't, I, I can't imagine nothing pushing me to throwing a, a man's mama's ashes out short of him, you know, <laughs> abusing me. Like, come on. I mean, now. but you, you Here's never know. Um, child, listen, she threw the man mama's, she threw the ashes out like. <laughs> and went to jail uh, too for desecrating uh, human remains. I bet he bailed her ass out. <laughs> I mean, Best you know, thing. I don't, I, I hate making light of any type of messed up relationships, but, but at the same time, you really have to take into consideration, um, especially when it comes to a woman in a messed up relationship is like, they will be in a relationship. I think they have to break up with at least five times to leave a messed up relationship at least five times when they're in those type of situations my mama gave me the game i was talking to a guy uh, you i don't know if i told the story but i may have may have not but i was talking to this guy and i was getting ready to break up with him and my mom was like why y'all you always breaking up the makeup like for what like you gonna end up with the same dude over and over again until you figure out what it is about you that's attracting that and so go get you some more and um you know like especially if you got a friend should i break up with him girl what you think you think i should leave him like go get you some more what go get you some more of that crazy d that you can't get away from when you tired Ain't nobody gonna be able to tell you to not to leave that nigga alone when you tired. When oh, you wow. tired of somebody, you ain't gotta worry about it. You you ain't got to go get no advice. You ain't gonna have to be told how to leave. You know you gonna know exactly how to get the fuck away when you need to. Oh, when yeah. you're done with something. So, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, girl. I agree with um, that. But I still think that she was trifling in low count for She stuff. was. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he's been dealing with her at a point for you know to me that's not like the first thing that's happened that's been bad i'm um, sure she's done yeah, some crazy she yeah she she's escalated she didn't bleach that man clothes cut his tires exactly. the tire. you know she didn't act a fool and like i said um <laughs> he also enjoys he enjoys it and she probably uh sexed him extra crazy when he took her back and she, you know oh this too God. shall pass that's what they say. Girl, I just feel like certain things, I feel like there should be an age limit to certain types of fuckery. Like, you too old, sis. You 40 plus. Like, you Girl. should not be dumping ashes out of an urn. Like, I, like I'm at plus, I'm going to tell you, I got too much to lose. It's certain things that I ain't doing just because of what I have to lose. I'll walk away simply because I have too much to lose. My career, I can't afford to go to jail. Yeah, Um. but... I, I think when you have them in like that, I don't think that's a concern. And I definitely don't think she was concerned. She, Faith said it best. She said, F him and F his mama too. What's she going to do? She did. Lord you know, I, I don't know. I just find it troubling. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I got one more quick story. Okay. So I saw that, um, what is the heck is that child name? Um, Summer Walker was going back and forth with her baby daddy. And um, she, you know, was posting on the internet. They was posting subs at each other. She said that she has the worst BD on the planet and went on to talk about how awful he is and yada, yada, yada. Do you think that women 
who literally know, get in relationships with men that they know have a whole slew of children and, you know, get to see an example of him fathering those children or how he interacts with the mothers of those children and decide to get knocked up by said man um, and then complain on the internet, do they deserve grace? No. And or, um, you know, should, 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 should people um, essentially um, be understanding to, to their plight. I find it very hard when you're the fourth baby mama talking about niggas ain't shit. Yeah. I, I find it, I find it ridiculously hard mm -hmm. um, for me to empathize in certain aspects. I get being young and dumb and yeah. um, immature, but y'all take the time out to research every fucking city girl lyric. Mm -hmm. um, y'all know all the bags and shoes that come out before they come out y'all know um clothes mm -hmm. and y'all know everybody else's business but the shit that needs to concern you i don't feel any type of way i'm like oh well that's what you chose you knew this nigga had 18 baby mamas before you decided yeah. to lay down with it's him and you sorry. thought that you was gonna be that you thought you was gonna be the one yeah. it's not Mm -mm. It's hard. I don't feel anything. Feel sorry for you. I feel like just like PJ, you know, all the men saying they don't feel sorry for PJ. He knew what Britney Renner was. She wrote a book about Listen, it. The I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything for PJ, baby. Yeah. PJ was like, PJ was excited to be up in it. <laughs> Same with this chick. The writing was Summer ran straight to it. Summer was excited. Yes. Summer wanted it. Summer got what she campaigned for. <laughs> And you have to face the consequences. We're now, adults. The only thing, though, you know, she does suffer from mental health issues. So, uh, like a little bit, <laughs> like ten percent. I know she, you know, she has suffered with some issues of her own. But for the most part, yeah, I feel no sympathy. I, I mean, I can't even. Um... But then, if you're talking about mental issues and stuff like that, mental issues as it pertains to what? because she was mentally stable enough to have a child. She was mentally stable enough to jump on that dick. She was mentally ooh, stable enough ooh, to back, ooh, up, ooh, back up off of ooh, it. Where, where, where's the mental, ins the only thing that I be hearing about is a bitch lazy and she don't be wanting to do no shows. And so she, oh, you know the crowds in there? I get it, but you know. You know, social anxiety is a thing. I get that. I, I, I can go with that. But when you run, you actively run to the fire mm -hmm. and you you feel like you know you got the playhouse that can change things and and change um perspectives do what you do gamble play hey. stupid games win stu i'm not gonna call our baby a stupid prize because no but yeah time, I get, but we know what you mean not, that's not, what i'm saying like you, know, but yeah. you do what you do you the get prize what you, is you suffering and dealing with shenanigans from this food Absolutely. But, yeah. I, I want to give a special shout out to unapologetic Gemini. Concrete, I might have a new Gemini on the scene, baby. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, but everybody go and subscribe to her. I think she has a really, really balanced channel. Um, she is Gemini, so of course she's balanced. Child, I wonder how the hell I end up over here then. But... We love Gemini's, but anyway. Child, y'all love me. <laughs> I've been anyway. trying to figure it out. Like, why do I attract y'all? Listen, like, I don't know much. either because Sag is, is hell. So I don't know. I feel like Gemini's are glutton for punishments because what the hell? Woo! 
Lord. Um, oh, girl, because anyway. we came to change lives and we're impactful people. <laughs> the toxicness. Um, you ready to mm. get off into this topic, though, sis? Yeah, girl, it's been almost an hour. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's do it. Because um, teach me the fucking game, ghost. <laughs> listen, <laughs> That's what Lori we, told the Marjorie. Absolutely. We are talking about <laughs> when black mothers teach their daughters the game. Um, yes, featuring Marjorie and Lori. So we all know that there was a recent breakup. This is like breakup number I done lost count. I, 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 I don't have any more fingers mm. uh, as it relates to Lori. Uh, her and Michael B. Jordan was going strong for over a year um, and the news has broke that they are no longer and allegedly it's because he wanted something more long term. So um, just leading with that, we're going to break into our actual topic and tie that into the game that she likely learned from Mama. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, I was really sitting here thinking about Marjorie. And, you know, Marjorie has a, a shady past herself. Um, you know, they say Marjorie was dating like a kingpin of Memphis and then the kingpin went to jail and then didn't she get married to his cousin? Yeah, allegedly. Um, yeah. Who was also about that life. Mm -hmm. Um, said he wasn't cutting it. Say see, Steve Harvey saw her. Um, Steve Harvey was in, I think this is his third marriage. Yeah, um, he was married to his second wife at the he time. He was married to his second wife at the time mm -hmm. and kicked that second wife to the curb and got with a real one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baby kick Poe. Po, what's the woman name? We don't even know the woman name no more. Um, we know her name. Dang, I just had her name off the top of my... I, I can't... Mary. Her name was Mary. Mary. He went from Mary to Marjorie, honey. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, allegedly that's what happened. And Steve himself said that he was, uh, and I don't know if him and his ex-wife were separated. She says they weren't. She alleges that they were. He alleges that they were and that he was just trying to play the field. And Marjorie said, oh, no, 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 no. Listen, you either lock it down or you don't get to play. And um, he did. So, yeah, she is a force to be reckoned with. She plays no game. She saw the big fish and she said, um, yeah, if you want this, you're going to have to put a ring on it. And, and what Steve do? He did, uh, clearly. And um, you can tell Steve is smitten. He talks about it. His nose wide open. He said he's never had a woman like her and he's never been with anybody as beautiful and talks about, I've heard him talk about how she's beautiful down to her toes, like literally like a little schoolboy. So she got the game. She got the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sitting here dying. Y'all know I'm be calling Marjorie a real one because that's what y'all want. Mm -hmm. um, so listen, that's where we at. Uh, Steve, would you consider Steve a simp? And why don't they give Steve the same type of energy that they give Russell Wilson? Why are they not calling Steve the simp that they call Russell? Oh, that is a fantastic question. Would I consider Steve a simp? Um, based off of what we just broke down, hell to the air. Um, <laughs> absolutely. 
But um, why don't they give him the same smoke that they give Russell? Now, that's the interesting question. I think that Steve does not present as your typical simp. So what we knew of Steve Harvey prior to him getting with Marjorie, and like I said, he's been open about how smitten he's been with his wife. Um, he didn't present as what you would expect a simp to look like. Um, whereas Russell has a more square look and just clean cut, you know, um, not what you what you see in the hood typically. Russell so, look like he he wears different drawers every day. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, you know we all know like it ain't even that like we don't we don't even have to pretend like we all know what people mean when they say you know a square. What what people mean when they say Russell you know was what who would be referred to as a square. Like let's not pretend and act like you know. I mean, he's an attractive man, but that don't mean that he did not um, present as a square. So, but to answer your question, I do think that, you know, Steve is a simp and he is proud, proud to be for his wife. But um, I think that when we talk about the game, I think that, you know, I don't know if Steve considers himself as to have been, um, you know, the, the, the big fish for Marjorie, but I think that anybody on the outside looking in can see that he was. And, um, I think that it's evident that she is essentially teaching her daughter has taught her daughter her same ways, um, to essentially, you know, enjoy life with whomever you want, but, um, don't settle until you climb, you know, as high as you can up the ladder. Um, uh, Lori has been engaged to a soccer player, has been attached to rappers, has been attached to, you know, um, actors, has been attached to men from many different industries, and yet no one has been able to capture her heart. She is a straight player, and, you know, that's a prime example of one of the ways in which Black women teach their daughters game. I'm curious, um, and I think you broke it down so eloquently, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the situation, and, you know, at, at first it was like one of those things where did Lori, did Marjorie teach Lori how to price herself out the game, and will Lori ever be priced out of the game? Because what I looked at and it, what it made me think about is – if you go and look at Marjorie's um, Instagram, mm -hmm. Marjorie is still a very, very attractive older very. chick. Um, she's very, very well put together. She is, um, she's killing it at her level. Not to say that she, and I, no, I ain't even gonna say that. She could compete with some young girls yeah, and stomp yeah. them out. Absolutely. Right? So then when I thought about it, I was like, Lori is going to forever be able to find her a man. What are your thoughts about that? And I was like, it's not the same as Amber Rose. Um, it's not, I, I always think um, Lori's going to be able to find a man and a rich one at that. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I absolutely agree that she will always be able to find her ma find a man. I saw B say that essentially she did away with one of the most, um, what did he say? What was the word he used? 
desired men on the planet. But um, that is how you know that she don't give a damn, that she finds more value in herself than she found in him. Literally, um, she is, how old is Lori Harvey? 27, 28? Um, she's not, you know, uh, 21, She, but she is still not ready to settle down. She says she has more living to do. Um, I don't know that she mm. is pricing herself out of the game. I think that, like you pointed out, she will always have options. Unlike a Amber Rose or, you know, Black China, they have like a tainted past. Um, she didn't come up with that tainted past. She's an extremely beautiful woman. She is very desirable. Um, there is always going to be a man waiting in the wings to get next to her and a successful one at that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring up something else. Shout out to Dane C. He says, Steve is definitely a simp. All you have to do is watch the advice he gave to men on his talk show. Real men do this. <laughs> Real men do that nonsense. Um, thank you so much, Dane. I appreciate that. So why um, didn't he get the pushback then that Russell, Russell Wilson got? But go ahead, Danny. So that's true. So silk the shocker says rihanna is more established than lori and she got pregnant by a struggling spotify <laughs> rapper oh but then this is what kind of made me take a look and i want you guys to think about the culture that we're in right now the culture that we're in right now saying says that if rihanna is a billionaire it's okay to be a single mother she don't give a damn about asap rocky she could buy another asap rocky Ooh. so the thing is, um, typically, when you become a single mother, um, that that allegedly that decreases your sexual market value. But I'm calling cap on that because I don't mm. think that Rihanna's sexual market value is going to be impacted. Not only did she get pregnant by him, they're not married, so she's unwed, which is the, a horrible sin. And in addition to her being unwed, he just got charges for connected to a murder. Like he out on bond. So, but we see even in situations, not even um, Rihanna, but if we take Kim K, literally she had a stepdaddy for her kids that's 10 years, 12 years younger than her that was signed up before she even, before the divorce was final. Before Thanks. the divorce was finalized, she had a man 12 years her junior um, signing up to play stepdaddy to the children. And she got four kids and 40 plus with a sex tape. So, I, I don't necessarily think that one sexual market value wanes if you are an attractive woman. I think that yep. if you're an attractive woman, that you will always be able to hold on to a uh, modicum of, of sexual market value above, you know, the average woman. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, absolutely correct. Um, ASAP definitely was the winner in that situation, BMT. Um, but yeah. Um, but it, it was just crazy. It's like Lori is never going to be without a dude and she's probably not going to be without a successful one. Mm -hmm. Um, so people tried to say that she would end up like a Lisa Ray or a Tracy Ellis Ross. Ooh. What are your thoughts about that? Because I, I damn sure thought about Lisa Ray, um, when I thought about it, but when I look at Lisa Ray and I've listened to her, I don't think Lisa Ray has ever loved anybody but Lisa but Ray. But Lisa Ray and her daughter and grandbaby. But listen. Um, That's it. What do you think? 
that's an interesting comparison. Um, I wouldn't say so. Lisa Ray is like street to me. So I don't see Lori ending up as Lisa Ray. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give her the title of a man eater. Lori is like, she'll be like Liz Claiborne. She'll marry probably 13 times and just younger men when she's older. And like, I see her as just having a plethora of options. She's you know, not ready to be tied down. But when she's ready, I think that any number of men will be like, let's do it. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Boosie interview with um, Vlad on Vlad or Vlad on Boosie? Bits and pieces of it. Okay. Well, he had spoke about Lori Harvey and, you know, they had went down her timeline, like all the guys that she's dated mm -hmm. and Boosie was basically like, he wanted the credit to be given to the dudes to say that the dudes knocked Lori Harvey off. But Lori Harvey was like, this is just another nigga on the hit list. What's up? What's happening? And yeah. I was sitting there and I was thinking about that. And I was like, oh, is society actually changing? to where you can look at a woman and say that the woman is the player in that situation versus the woman being seen as the hoe in that situation. Oh, that's you coming with the he. I okay, I see you did your homework. Um in this instance, I don't think Lori is seen as the hoe. First of all, like expect well, definitely not by black women. Black women are celebrating <laughs> her like, "Yes, Lori." You know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think even in general, Lori is not being looked upon as the hoe. She's being looked upon as the player, as the one who's on top, as the one with options and she's exercising them freely. Um, I don't think that this reflects poorly on Lori. Like, I, I don't. Maybe at some point, if she continues down this path, it will. But as it stands, I don't think that most people see her in a negative light because of her exercising her options. What about you? What, what do you think? I think you have a point. And because when I thought about it, and I was thinking about Marjorie, and I was like, Marjorie has a shady past, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you put money on it and sparkle and you 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 wash it and and, and you you bleach it a little bit um nobody's thinking about Marjorie's past everybody is talking about who Marjorie is with today and Marjorie looks like a respectable woman like it or not Marjorie is seen as a respectable woman she absolutely woman. does high class respectable how elegant, am I saying her name? Nasty. They say it's Marjorie. Oh, am I saying it's right? Marjorie, yeah. Oh, Marjorie, Marjorie. Shit. But you know um I'm talking about Trace. But you know what? Um, I think the interesting thing is too, like even her being compared to some of these people, like Lori is merely a socialite. What does she do? But look Take pictures and like, be cute. Literally, literally, her her success is hinged on the fact that she's beautiful. Like she's that beautiful that all she has to do is just be. <laughs> like, come on, like that's very telling. Um, I don't think her beauty is gonna diminish anytime soon. Look at Marjorie. Marjorie is 50 plus and still is gorgeous. So yeah, I, I think she has a good thing going. But do you think, let me ask you a question. Do you think that her value will change her stock will plummet if she does get hitched who uh lori yeah nope um 
Because I think you do have certain types of women that can exceed societal norms. Mm -hmm. um, when you're as beautiful as uh, Lori and you have a mother like Mar Mar Marjorie, Margarine, whatever that woman <laughs> name is, <laughs> mm. I don't think she's going to be, I don't think she's going to lose. And it's always going to be somebody out here to save her. So I, I, I don't think she's going to lose. I don't know. Mm, interesting interesting um uh oh uh oh okay shout out to b mm. messy mm -hmm. he says i don't get how one minute black women get to say they're so few top tier black men but mm. then the next minute they treat top tier black men as disposable how do you reconcile that what is he yeah, referring to um, I think he's saying, um, even regards to like her dumping a Michael B. Jordan, oh, okay, she dumps Michael B. Jordan like he was a, a, a goddamn lunchable mm -hmm. that she just like an old pair of Air Force One. She didn't mm -hmm. care. She threw him in the trash after one use. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you're on that type of level and you've been able to have your pick of the litter as as a woman and you know that you've been able to get dudes in a certain position to where the dudes want to be with you they really want to marry you i think it puts a bit of extra step in you it tells you that you that chick and you're not stressed out about um you're not stressed out about whether or not you're going to be able to get a man or if men are going to stop looking or whatever and I think she has the same type. She was raised by a, a Marjorie Harvey. Marjorie went from Marjorie Marjorie went from a, a the husband to the husband's cousin or brother. She dated somebody within this man, man's family and got married to him. So when you yeah. have game like that, um, yeah, I think that makes a total difference. Um, I don't think most mostly every woman would be able to run through um top tier men like that michael b jordan was yeah. voted the sexiest man alive by people magazine. he was he, he um, was yeah but wise man it's interesting that you think that she'll regret it but she's been engaged to a race car driver mm -hmm. um she dated akon's brother um mm -hmm. boo which boo is a top producer from my to michael b jordan to future and you know there it was said that some of these men were in love with her and she, she dated diddy come on now and his son like what come on she sunned him like, we talking about like this girl ain't got nothing to worry about but the thing is we can't say we can't put um lori's actions off on all black women and say that we're treating men as if they're disposable those are her choices and just like we just talked about um with summer walker michael b jordan knew her past it he all he had to do was google like sir you knew what you were signing up for and you know it's important to get that established through the gate if if you are on one trajectory and the person that you're interested in is on a completely different one like you 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 opt out of that early on like don't hope that she'll change her mind i've seen a lot of people saying that that is what um a lot of black men is, are, will end up encountering because we see all these older black men desiring these younger um black women and she there's like a 10 year age difference between the two 
And, you know, she still want to live it up for whatever reason. She didn't does is not ready to be tied down. Um, she was engaged and, you know, she called off her engagement. So, yeah. Um, shout out to Tesdi, Tesdafy, Tesdafy, like testify. testify. Okay, okay, I get, I see you. Okay. <laughs> um, he says, "How y'all big that up though?" I likened it to uh, the woman being like the underdog in a lot of situations because most of the time you hear, you know, he cheated on her. She's running around here sad, blah, 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 blah. And I think women want to see women win in those aspects. I, I think women want to see women win in those aspects. But we're not even bigging it up. We're just simply stating the facts. Like, you know, I personally don't promote that. I have two daughters that are around her same age. I don't promote them, um, being man eaters, I am a more traditional. So, you know, my conversations with my daughter isn't let me give you the game so you can go out here and play as many minutes. Listen, I'm not promoting but that. But you know what? I thought about that. And, you know, that's been a big conversation around the space, too, um, about teaching your daughter certain aspects of being able to get to the bag mm -hmm. and how far um you know we'll go with our daughters and you know i have a daughter now too so i can't imagine teaching her um those aspects more so than teaching her how to get with the best possible man that will be a good fit for her and i think that's the thing that we should strive for i think that's why a lot of people had um issues with you know that situation you know especially about the sugar babying mm -hmm. um or teaching your children how to uh be manipulative and get money out of men yeah and i want to get into that too um you know talk about that as well okay um shout out to mr curlin hey bae. um he says in my opinion it depends on when she retires take this analogy Mayweather retired as a champ. His protege got cocky and fucked up his bag. Which path will she choose? Hmm. The Fox Soul chicks thought they'd always <laughs> be on top too. You know, Brooke Harlan has an interesting point. Let me ask you this based off of his question, I mean, her comment. What do you think her shelf life is? Um, for when uh, when her when she may run out of steam and when if things will change for her what do you think that uh, um, age bracket will be as to where she will need to retire take her belt and go home i think that if she is listening to her mother um her mom is probably whispering giving her the whole whisper like don't fuck with him girl mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't think Lori has a shelf life, but I, I think there's been a difference in the women that, um, is been compared to Lori versus Vivica Fox while Vivica, um, was that chick, you know, Vivica was that chick, but Vivica was, I think Vivica was seen as like cute. She wasn't yeah. seen as like exceptionally beautiful. Right. Right. Um, I, I think there's a difference there. And even when it comes down to Lisa Ray, Lisa Ray was seen as that chick. But I think Lisa Ray just doesn't have it in her to love at all. I just don't see it. <laughs> um, Lisa Ray. No, Lori may not either, though. I mean, Lori, keeping it a book. No, I think um, Lori, Lori 
probably a, get a different lesson from her mother. Um, Lisa Ray, Lisa Ray's a different type of animal, honey. I just, I, and it's sad because I kind of see, like Lisa Ray's just very like, you're gonna worship me. You're gonna worship me. And if you don't worship me in every facet, I'm done. And so I don't know, I just don't see Lisa Ray. I think they're two different entities. Yeah. Um, the I, other, I would say so. Yeah, I um even with Claudia Jordan, I don't know. Cla is Claudia still single? Claudia still looks so. good. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if Superhead can still, Superhead is out here finding husbands, and I think Man, Superhead listen. has been married multiple Ooh, times. You ain't lying. I multiple mean, times. You ain't lying. And, and um, I, I I would say. I don't necessarily know if she has a shelf life, but as it stands, I think that time is on her side. <laughs> I'll say that. But um, it's interesting that you guys are saying that we're promoting or trying to make it seem like we're promoting this lifestyle. We're literally talking about our observations, what we see and how we see people responding to her, including black men, and talking about the factual details of you know, what she has been doing. That's not promoting it. We are literally two women who are married, who are more traditional. Um, we're not promoting what she's doing, but we're, we don't have to sugarcoat it and pretend that um, it, what she, that her actions haven't been acceptable because nobody is bashing her. The media isn't looking down on her. Even if you look at comments from any of these media platforms, like people are praising her for, you know, um, her uh, uh, owning her autonomy and, and, you know, deciding what is best for her and not actually being tied down. So we're talking about what we're observing, not, not promoting um, what she's doing. You sound a little too damn excited when you talking about how Lori running through these niggas and she having oh a city God. girl summer. You sound really excited about that concrete. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of, you know, let, let, listen. How she okay, cashing so out on you. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Are there benefits? Is there an upside to, for black women to teach their daughters the game? There is an upside to that, but there's also consequences to this same game. Um, if you're teaching your daughters the game, you can teach your daughters how to um, gain monetarily. Um, you can teach them how to acquire materials. Um, you can teach them um, how to get in and get out. Um, but the things that need to be on top of the list and shout out to faith factor is about being a better class of woman, um, teaching her how to avoid, uh, uh, messed up dudes, um, teaching her how to avoid, uh, like if somebody's not being reciprocal to her, you can teach her that, um, you can teach her high self-esteem, you can teach her um, reality, you know, versus what's on TV. I think those things are much more important tools than um, teaching a girl how to trick these dudes up out their money. Um, because it, to me, it ends up being a losing game. You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know what the consequences could be. You don't know what situation you'll end up in. Um, you know, I think you you can teach a lot of preventive measures, but 
um, when we subject our children to certain situations, we don't, you never know. You just never know. Um, so I think that other aspects of quote unquote game, like teaching your daughter to actually be a good freaking woman, um, teaching her how to cook, um, teaching her how to manage her female relationships, um, teaching her how to be a better freaking person for society. I think those things count more so than um, your daughter coming to you and tell, telling you to teach her the game and teaching her how to trick these dudes about their money. Teach her the consequences of of, of that. Teach her the story story of um, Mercedes, the the lady that um, got killed. Teach her about those things. Teach her the reality because you're not um, entering into a world that's getting safer. You're the world is getting much more dangerous, and you need to be teaching your daughter how to avoid a lot of those situations versus teaching her how to run to and conquer because a lot of those girls don't always make it out and it's more girls that don't make it out than more girls that make it that's where i'm at with it um i think that when we the word game is very broad um for me when i think of game like to me that's not um essentially the the basis of it isn't like how to trick a dude out of his money i think that for me when i think of the word game i think of awareness of the streets awareness of you know um what 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 um puts what the potential hazards are by being in the streets um teaching her about like the downfall of getting involved and engaging in certain things that relate that are street related um ensuring that you know you're not sugarcoating anything but that you're having very real conversations with your daughters about um you know what what they can expect from you know street dudes the street life anything that relates to that and i think that teaching them and ensuring that they're aware will help them to avoid those pitfalls will help them to um you know essentially you know them having that awareness will help them to navigate through life because no matter what area of life you're in you don't have to necessarily be in the streets for game to benefit you like game can benefit you in the corporate sector like game yeah. is ran on all different levels so it's important for to me um for you to ensure that your daughters are aware of the game but teaching them like ensuring that they're aware of the game is not the same as um teaching them to run game on somebody so that's okay. where i differentiate yeah. i will definitely and have definitely taught my daughters the game and taught them about things that they need to be aware of as it relates to the street have very real conversations with them even still to this day um without teaching them to run game on people yeah i think um certain aspects of that um can be very 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 dangerous and you know um i think you have to kind of have a knack for uh certain aspects of street life i wouldn't want my my children to be involved in street life anyway period um but i think a lot of that type of stuff is sensationalized too and then you have to be concerned with who you're uh running this type of game on so you know when you think about uh 
certain situations that I'll think about and you know like girls running game on like the girls going out for the free meals and knowing that she's not gonna sleep with a guy ever um using him for rides and um an emotional tampon or you know just using the guy up and we don't think about the repercussions that like what happens on the other side and nobody worries about each other guys running games on the girls trying to get her up out her ass and she fucks them and then she ends up looking stupid and feeling bad you know i i think it's a lot of things that we should be teaching about but i did have a question for you mm -hmm. um do you think that enough women are equipping their daughters with the right game or is there too much focus on whole culture and before you answer that, I'm going to read the super chat. Shout out to BMT. What's up? He says, whatever birth control, <laughs> whatever birth control Lori got, not even the Holy Ghost can catch that womb when she hits her mid-30s or tries a different field of the family brand. Okay. Um, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, let me say this real quick. Um, Kit Clouds, um, the game isn't just related to street life. Like, if you don't think that what these white folks are out here doing is running game, then you got another thing coming. Like, and, and, and even understanding the game from a street level can help you navigate corporate sectors. So don't think that, you know, it's literally just about some hood stuff. For many people, the game is what's helped them to survive and the game is what's, what's helped them to attain success. Um, as it relates to your question, Danny, um, I don't think that the focus is on, I don't think, I think that, you know, women that typically teach their daughter, black women, when they typically teach their daughters the game, um, it's on some, you know, um, manipulation um not necessarily the upside of the game and how that can benefit them in other areas um whenever i hear people talking and openly promoting and talking about how they're teaching their daughters the game it's on some how you can get over but um i think that there are other ways that that um children daughters black daughters may be taught the game that uh, I don't want to dismiss, and that's from watching. So literally, you know, um, watching, you know, your your mom's rise to success and seeing her grind and seeing how, you know, she's coming home, working late, and she's maybe working from home or taking meetings, and you see how she's bossing up and how she's navigating, you know, whatever um, arena she works in. So I think that... Um, that's one aspect, but when I hear people openly saying, we are, I'm teaching my daughter the game, I'm gonna make sure, can't nobody do this and run game on her and she know how to get the bag and that, the focal point is more of that city girl lifestyle. I absolutely agree. Um, what I thought about, um, I thought about like girls in sororities and fraternities, well, sororities, excuse me, and then especially like the women that have been grandfathered in and i was thinking about those seem to be like the women that are focusing on legacy and legacy building versus um 
teaching your daughter how to manipulate in certain aspects. And I, I do think that, um, like how we raising our kids and you have to teach them a lot of at different aspects of life. You have to, it's imperative. Um, but I do think that there's way too much focus on whole culture, um, way too much focus on whole culture than actually um, living your best life and making the best career choices, making the best men choices, um, being able to navigate your relationships and having some um to yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I think it was interesting when you brought up the sororities and um, essentially because that that relates to Faith's comment too. Um, essentially, um, kind of talking about how women in sororities are basically um, teaching their daughters legacy, like teaching their daughters the um, the the cornerstone of legacy and legacy building and what that looks like and displaying it for their daughters as well. Um, I did want to ask though, well, first let me say this, um, to be completely honest, I wasn't talking. I was not raised in the hood and I, you know, lived in a very small town. Um, I'm, I'm originally from um, Milwaukee, but I was raised in a small town. So I learned the game late. And as a result, I felt that it was important for me to ensure that my daughters were taught some of the things that I was not taught. And even when I'm talking about like I, when I'm in, in this particular instance, I'm talking about like anything relating to the streets it was just late, didn't know anything about that. But um, I made sure to have very real conversations with my daughters about things that they needed to be mindful of and, you know, um, things to watch out for and, and um, ways to avoid certain pitfalls because, um, I, like I said, I learned late and me learning late didn't necessarily result in me being falling into some of the traps, but um, I know that if I would have known certain things earlier that um, I wouldn't have even come as close as I did to some of those pitfalls. So, um, yeah, I, I felt I was able to see it from the aspect of not learning the game relating to the streets um, and how that could have potentially impacted me. And as a result, I made sure to have real conversations with my daughters about some of the things that I um, learned later. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, I did have another question for you. Um, black women teaching their daughters the game, how does that impact or has that impacted the black community? Now, if you're talking about which aspect of game are you talking about? Because I get Street. the type that, the okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very negatively impacted the black community because um, a lot of people get more swallowed up by the streets than they act actually conquer the streets. Most people don't make it out, um, and really live to tell about it and have this best life. You ever go back and look at the women that dated like all the dope boys and, um, think about all the women that dated the dope boys and the, the 
quote unquote popular guys. Um, mm -hmm. I want mm -hmm. you to take an inventory on that. Um, I I think most of them end up living like regular ass lives, and you mm -hmm. know it may have been fun for the moment, but they don't generally go on to live like these extravagant lifestyles that they were trying to do when yeah. they were out there. That's and true. a lot of people will end up in a bad way. You end up taking a charge for a man, depending on how smart you are. Um, guys having you put shit in their names and you making mm -hmm. um, a couple mm -hmm. dollars off of uh, taking uh, drugs and delivering them oh, and no. shit like that. You know, I don't think it's been beneficial at all to the black community because now you have a generation of women that are to me they are less feeling um not a lot of compassion for each other um they'll take shit to the lowest of the low they take shit straight to the gutter um everybody wants to be on some get the back shit and I don't think it's, I, I think it's been more of a detriment than it's been uh, uplifting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you. I would say, um, as it relates to black women teaching their daughter the game and, and, and street code and, you know, how to navigate the streets. Um, I think that that has kind of resulted in the uprise of city girl culture. I think that really and truly it's turned into somewhat of a competition between black women and, or young adult women and um, black men. I think that a lot of women have um, taken the stance that, um, you know, I'm gonna play you before you play me. Like, I know that men play games. I know that it's a lot of BS that is happening out here. So I'm gonna get you before I get got. Um, so, I, I, you know, I find that it's resulted in a very interesting dynamic. I think that, you know, and, and of course this isn't all encompassing, but a lot of what we've um, seen with black women teaching their daughters the game has turned into, you know, what we see in modern day black communities with black women, black girls feeling like you ain't gonna get the chance to play me. I'm gonna always have one up on you. Um, and even in situations where that may not be someone's intentions, they have concerns that, you know, all men play games, all men do this, all men do that. So I'm not even going to give you the chance. Um, so I think that it, I don't see where it's positively impacted the black community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you have, um, it's been some great points. Um, do you want to drop the link? Yeah, let's drop it for a bit. We can drop it for a bit. I ain't gonna be up here all night concrete. No, 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 because I'm hungry. So we're we gonna drop too. it for a bit. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I do think, though, that not teaching your daughter the game, not teaching your daughter about street code, not teaching your daughter life strategy, either of those two can, you know, be um, detrimental, can be harmful. Um, you know, literally having your daughter um, navigate these streets, navigate life in such a naive way, um, 
can lead to their detriment. It can result in them ending up in situations where if they knew game, if they knew what to look for, they might not have ended up in those situations. Or it could also, um, when we talk about life strategy, prevent them from realizing that an employer is running game on you by having you do all this work and, you know, paying you a subsystem wage or so, you know, even if we talk about it from the aspect of life strategy, not teaching your daughters those um, key things that they need to know as it relates to navigating life, navigating the streets, avoiding certain things, you know, not being played on um, can be to their detriment. It could, it could, it could definitely impact them greatly. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you're dealing with a child that may have low self-esteem or not a lot of self-worth, um, especially to those type of children. And, you know, being able to recognize certain traits in our children um, does benefit when we catch it early and we're able to correct it and, you know, give them the right tools. Um, but when you teach certain aspects of life mm -hmm. um you you teach certain aspects of life that a lot of women don't escape from and mm -hmm. i think it should definitely be a detriment like if you're if you, if it comes down to teaching teach the child how to cook teach her how to um do laundry teach her how to make up a damn bed yeah um teach uh -huh. her the stuff that is becoming extinct um, with our community, like, you know, some women don't even cook from scratch anymore. Um, everything is out of a box or a can. Um, and it's certain things that I feel that's becoming lost with women. Yeah, I, I would say like, I didn't necessarily focus on domestic things as it related to my daughters, like <laughs> my daughter dropped off laundry uh, last week and I watched him for her. Um, uh, actually went to her house two days ago and I was like, Oh, um, there was something on her sheets. So I stripped the sheets, took them to my house and washed them. And, um, yeah, I, I just, so, you know, cause I coddle my children. Um, but I will say that, um, there are like, I did, you know, teach my daughters the importance of, you know, being successful. Both of my daughters have their own business. They also, um, you know, have very good careers. So I kind of, and, and I think a lot of black women do that. That's something that a lot of black women do. And whether it's negative or positive, focus on the importance of their children becoming successful. But I did teach my daughters and still to this day, um, teaching lessons about the importance of uh, relationship building and navigating relationships. My daughters come to me when they have relationship problems and you know, their partners will call like, hey, you know, miss so-and-so, this and this is going on. Wait and a minute, I, you be taking a guy's side? My, well, my oldest daughter feels that I do, but I'm just more objective. I'm not, I'm like, you were wrong. And she doesn't like that. Um, she's like, you know, you're my mom, <laughs> you know? You know what? And I, I agree with her. I hold her How agree is that? with her. Okay, Listen. so literally your daughter been with her um partner since they were in ninth grade he like a second son to you 
and you supposed to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to stick by her side. Even if you want their relationship to work, you tell her when she's wrong. Not even if you want their relationship to work. If you want her to know how to navigate relationships, it's important for her to be able to know that, dang, okay, to be able to realize that the, the error of her ways. So I think that oh. it's a detriment to tell her, oh, I'm sticking by your side, even though you wrong because you my baby. You know what? Um. Well, at, at one point I, I thought about it like that mm -hmm. and then I think about like how mothers do their sons mm -hmm. and how we coddle our sons if a girl call me I'm not gonna be like I'm, I'm I have a husband so I'm not I don't have a son husband um but it'll be like girl leave them mm -hmm. why are you still there um if you because they're going to be certain aspects of your relationship that you're going to have to learn how to navigate without mm -hmm. any third parties being involved and if my children keep coming to me with certain messaging about their men or whatever like if my oh, daughter no, it's not a constant like yeah but but what i'm saying to you is there are certain aspects of relationships that i probably won't ever forget if you came and told me a certain aspect of your relationship and it does play in your psyche when you deal with um other people's kids so i personally i'd be like look you can't you you you're going to have to figure out um conflict resolution for one um for two when it comes down to y'all's relationship y'all are going to be the ones that exist in that relationship so there are going to be some things that y'all are going to have to figure out without anybody else without the input of anybody else because this is the relationship that you're choosing that you're making a choice to mm. exist in and so that's that's what i'm saying like i will never turn my children away when they seek my advice ever i ever i don't it's care it's not if a factor of years. seeking your advice and it's not turning them away when they're seeking your advice but i personally i wouldn't want to be involved in their relationship business because um at the end of the day you know unless it's a dangerous situation like it's abusive or some shit like that i'm not going to get in your way period because it, oh, especially God. if they're an adult you're gonna I have absolutely. to learn how to navigate that yeah you're gonna no, have my to kids don't have a problem navigating their relationships it's not a constant thing it's actually you know only maybe a handful of times but if there is a serious problem i would rather you come to me i would rather um you talk to me about it um and i'm open with him i would like people go to um pastors and counselors that they don't know for counsel so your mother yeah, i actually who, think that's a know, better option uh, i disagree um i, I think I, that's a children, much actually, better option that's one of the best things about my relationship with my children is that they seek my guidance and counsel and literally these were you know the times when she did come specifically my oldest daughter it was you know two young people navigating um owning a business and you know navigating their relationship navigating their their individual jobs outside of that in addition to that and the main focus was how to master um business ownership so i it think was business that, is totally different yeah than that's their, what it was personal yeah but i think i think if if it if it came down to stuff like that i think that's totally different than um dating and relationship advice at a certain point 
Yeah, at a certain point, it's, but a, it's a no. It don't matter what it is. If my kids come to me, what what you need? Because I'm 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 here to talk to you about it, and I'm gonna tell you when you're wrong. I must tell him when he's wrong. I would rather them come to me than um, especially my oldest daughter because of the fact that she is very introverted so when she come or when she call and when she wants to vent or she has a problem i'm like what is it because she'll keep a lot bottled inside and i'll i would never tell her figure it out because i would be concerned about the stress that that will put on her come and talk to me and i'll be more than happy to if i don't know the answer i'll give you resources and help you find them yeah i think um if kit clouds is not a fuck you figure it out that's not how I look at it. Um, certain aspects of relationships, I do want my children to figure it out on their own. Um, yeah, certain aspects, I don't, I don't look at, I don't think of it as like me chopping their head off if they came to me. But um, certain aspects of life, I, I want them to be able to figure it out and learn the lessons that they need to learn. Um, because a lot of times, and what I've noticed about people in general, a lot of times you can give advice, you can tell them what to do, and they're still going to do what they want to do anyway. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it comes down to just trying to help them navigate their lives. Um, I a, think that young kids and especially like young black kids, like they need guidance. Like these are young kids, their first apartment. They're trying to figure out bill paying and mastering the art of, you know, managing this relationship compiled with all the other things that life is throwing at them. I'm always, always going to be there at, to guide my children and even their partners. Like, and it's not just relationship stuff. They'll call about stuff regarding the business and be like, oh, you know, how do we, cause I am in the same industry that their business is in you know how should we handle this or i had this business deal uh miss so-and-so what do you think about that like literally their partners call and they want to want my advice i'm a very good person like for giving counsel my friends i'm the person they dump everything on what should i do about this because that's the type of person i am i'm very objective and i can typically if if i i can at least help you find resources and help you to uh figure out what option would be best for you okay well you could do this this or this you choose um i love the fact that my kids come to me like i adore that and they've been doing my kids are both in their 20s this has not backfired thus far it's been something that they benefit from and my children actually listen to my guidance they're they love it so it, it works for us yeah and I, I yeah everything has to work best for everybody you yeah. know what I mean so um but yeah I I'm kind of like I want to give you um tools and it's not a fact that I want you to fall on your ass, but um, sometimes letting you fall on your ass and, and helping you get your ass back up um, teaches you um, a lot, a lot more. And oh, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I feel kinda... like kids. If you if they don't think that they could come to you, like that's when you have kids. I don't and necessarily think trouble. it's not a fact well, of them notice... not knowing that they can they can't come to yeah, you. Yeah, but your in, kids in can come opinion, to you about stuff. Yeah, your what I'm can... saying is, in my opinion, if it when you tell when the child feels as though they can't come to you with anything, you don't know what they're going to keep from you. And I would rather you come to me before you get to the point that it's dire, so I can tell you, hey, these are the options that 
that you have and we try to you know fix whatever the problem is or try to come up with a solution as opposed to waiting until it's too late i guess i'm on the guise of um understanding consequences right off the back and every choice has a consequences, albeit good or bad. And there are some times in life where you're going to have to face um, certain consequences that I'm not going to be able to save you from. I think when it comes down to a lot of other aspects of life, I feel like absolutely certain aspects when they uh, get into relationships, I I wouldn't, I guess I'm, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't talk to um their boyfriends or girlfriends about like their their relationship problems because i feel like um for real for real now this is just me i don't think that kids are going to come and tell you every everything of course not about their relationship problems so it's like if if a if a young man came to me and was like saying that oh well you know your daughter's been giving me problems and she won't mind and um she's been doing this this that and the third i'll probably be like well you know and and this will be a freebie like look you're gonna have to have um certain standards and things that you choose to go by and that you want for yourself if a person is in violation of that is it worth ending your relationship because um you know i could be supportive but i'm not necessarily their support system i'm my kids no, support system I, for the most part i get what I you're saying understand. though but i just yeah no, i just I see that difference that too but like it's a different dynamic like this is someone who literally from the time he was you know 15 years old has been in my house you know like you know like so of course if you come and you know mom throw you out and you like i don't have a place to stay and like i've li- literally helped him yeah, navigate through some of those things so yeah. I, you, you come to me and you're seeking my advice i'm gonna be as impartial as possible and to be completely honest like i think that for me like you know I'm just very, my relationship with my children is the, one of the most important things that I have in this world. So if any, if I can help them in any way to navigate that relation, their out exterior relationships, I'm going to be sure to do that. And it's not like to be, um, I, even when I see my husband and his children, um, he has a similar relationship. They call when there's problems going on or when there's, you know, um, what should we do about this? And that's one of the things that I admired about him because that's something that's so important to me. But I do understand your approach. Oftentimes you've told anecdotal stories about kind of the responses you your mom has given you and you seem to kind of have the same style as it relates to kind of how you want your children to just kind of figure you know figure things out and you'll be there if they need to yeah um because at the end of the day and i and i think my mom kind of had the attitude as far as this when them hormones is talking um when you want to be in a certain situation it could be situations that are horrible for you and let's say you're dealing with a player your mom could know right off that you're dealing with a player Mm -hmm. and you will still continue to go through the motions of that i would you can go to your mom a thousand times but 
if you know that's what gets you what gets your goal and you know that's what you like that's what you're gonna end up doing no matter what your mom say yeah it's um, never those type of situations like oh i don't want to be with him it's literally like i said oh you know issues about the business how do we navigate this business yeah so i think that's totally you know, different i think right. that, i think um when it comes down to business um no you we trying to create generational wealth yeah right. you should absolutely give your your children um advice as far as business is concerned like absolutely but i i guess like if if it was like my 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 daughter and her boyfriend um yeah like i'm gonna be on my daughter's side like i'm not <laughs> I, I don't think that that helps them like i really don't and the thing is for me i want y'all to win like I, I i would never ever just be on my daughter's side for the sake because of the fact that she's my daughter if you did something because like it was about business but like at one point they was button heads about the business and it's like how do we you know figure this out so i'm like okay you need to you know calm down relax and you know listen to you know his input regarding how and it, it was just you know a variety of different things regarding their business and a lot of it came from being inexperienced in business. So nonetheless, though, when, when they, my daughters come to me, if, if I feel that they're wrong, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them in a loving way. I love you. But, you know, you know that, you know, that wasn't right. Or how would you feel if the shoe was on the other foot type of examples that I give them and try to get them to see, you know, why maybe they're um, actions weren't weren't the weren't the best course of action for them to take so yeah but you know like i said it it works for us i think i always brag about the fact that i love that my kids seek advice from me to me that is an example like that is my benefit for parenting them like that is how i know that I did a good job with parenting my children and building a trusting relationship with them because they know that they could come to me with anything. Do you consider yourself a matriarch? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm just, you know, my myself and my daughters, we've lived apart from our family here in Georgia for over a decade so literally it's just been us so we're just very close-knit i got you well faith hey faith what's up, welcome, welcome. hey ladies um How's i'm just going? here can you guys hear me we can, yeah, we can hear you good oh okay yeah i'm just soaking up all this knowledge um i believe that you both have good points um I believe that what Sister George is saying is that, you know, you could um, give them the game. You can tell them until you turn blue in the face. But when they when they go out into the world after they after you've raised them, after you've inputted, you know, all the parenting skills that you can possibly input into them while you're raising them. Once you release them out into the world, it's, it's, it's kind of like a test of what you taught them whether or not um, it's, it's going to be successful because you're not going to be able to shield them from everything in the world. And that's what I'm getting right, from. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from Sister George. And I also agree with you as far as, you know, teaching the accountability and, and teaching your daughter to also put herself in someone else's shoes. I was talking about that earlier on my show when I was talking about the uh, mother that had her son living at home with her all the way up until he's like 29. He doesn't have no job. He doesn't have any type of skills. 
But, you know, she has a man in the house now and her man is paying the bills and he's looking at this other grown man as, that's going to be a hmm. year away from 30. And he's like, OK, it's time for you to go. Yeah, it's, it's time for you to get out and right. see a lot of the women, you know, that were listening along with me. Um, they were like, no, you know, um, that's her son. He can get out and see they got the game oh, all wrong. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we've we've talked and I, I think me and Concrete covered the situation about um putting the children out at 18. Mm -hmm. And And I don't know, believe in putting kids out at 18. I kind of no, have that's, like that's a I have a thought process about it. And yeah. what I would do, I would it and it, it really depends on the child, but it looking at these two kids i'm raising yeah they ass got to go at 18 yeah i know right. you said that yeah but what it, it wouldn't be that they wouldn't have the option of being able to come back home if they failed right but they're but definitely to go going to be put out there like to get you some see what it's like and yeah. you know get i get, think that that's like I, I understand you know and we've talked about this but i feel like personally like at 18 like my children still you know needed guidance and still like literally had never paid bills on their own had you know just learning to drive and getting their first car and like i felt like there they needed to be some there needed to be a buffer um you know for them you know like but you don't you don't think that you could to could give them guidance and leadership while they're you know navigating it in real life because um yes. this is what this is what my dad did with my brother mm -hmm. um when my brother turned 18 my dad gave my brother like a thousand dollars and he he pretty much um gave him a, a i think it was like a 90-day notice or whatever and told him hey boom get on out there and my brother was navigating it on his own and he had a lot of questions, but he didn't have to navigate it in my parents' house. He navigated no, it real time. But my parents were still point. there to help guide him, you know, so it wasn't like he was doing it completely on his own. Yeah, for I, I, and I, I, that's, that's a good concept too. For me, my daughters were both in college. So neither of you, you can't even afford to live on your own, number one, you know, like you, and, and so you're working part-time, you're in college, like you absolutely can stay home. As long as you're being productive and you're producing, uh, we will have a plan for, you know, your exit. Um, and typically what I would do is, you know, whatever bill you're paying, I'm putting that money in an account and I, I furnish both of my daughter's house, bought the first cars like um literally i'm gonna set you up for success but um i'm not going to push you out into the world when when and make it harder for you if you're in school and you're working and like why would i have to put you out and make you go out and struggle even more working two three jobs and trying to go to school like something you're gonna fail at something and i feel like i'm setting you up to fail if i do that like literally typically what's gonna happen is you gonna stop going to school because now you have to work to pay those bills and I've seen it work the other way around concrete where the person, the, the kid graduates from high school, like it, like my cousin JR, it happened with him. He graduated from high school. He told his mom because she was ready to send him to school. She had saved up, you know, did the right thing and everything. And so she, and they had talked about it. She thought that he was ready to go. 
And he s- turned around and told her, I don't want to go to school. So now he's out mm-hmm. of high school and refuses to go to school. So her yeah. answer to that was, if you're not going to school, then you basically done made your decision that this is your final destination and that you've gotten all the, the, the tools that you need to be successful in life. So mm-hmm. now you get to get out of my house and go with your decision <laughs> to your own place. And oh, yeah. I, I, can't, I, haven't, I, I can't disagree with her on that. Yeah, if you're not, you're not about to sit up in my house and not do nothing. But my husband, you know, he is of a different mindset and he feels like, you know, adults, you know, need their own space. Not at 18, but he does feel like, you know, adults need their own space. But I would personally, if you're not going to school, okay, well then, you know, you're and you're working. So I still want to know what your plan is. I believe like literally I'm going to support my children. Both of my children work in the exact same industry that I work in because I push them like, okay, go ahead and, you know, get certifications in this. If you, you know, don't like your, whatever um, your major is or your, the field that your, your yeah, degree you is have in, or, to fall back yeah, on. you have something to fall back on. And they both ended up falling back on, you know, the certifications that I told them that they could attain and, and, and encourage them to attain and actually pay for one to attain. So I'm just, I believe in doing everything in my power to set my children up for success, not over coddling them, not, you know, preventing them from not trying to protect them from ever, um, you know, experiencing any kind of, uh, danger, hurt, or harm, because I feel like that's unrealistic, but I'm going to give you all the tools that you need, and I'm going to support you in every way that I can to make sure that you have the best possible chance at success. And to me, that's what not pushing them out the nest earlier than I know my children. So earlier than they were ready for um, is what I was doing. It was like, um, you know, I went to the military at 19 and I came back at like 24 and I ended up living with my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think my mom was cool for a few minutes and then it was like, then she started charging me. And at first I was so mad because I was like, damn, how are you going to charge me to pay bills mm-hmm. or whatever? But it it taught me a very, very valuable lesson. Like if I could pay to live here, I could pay to live anywhere else outside of your roof, outside of your house, because it was like and she didn't make it a, an easy thing for me to where I got comfortable. And, you know, um, it wasn't a comfortable situation for me. So I was don't wanna be, most kids don't want to be at home because they don't want rules. Like it's not yeah. comfortable to live with me because maybe you ain't staying out all night. You ain't, you know, you ain't smoking in my house. You ain't doing all the, you ain't like the, the rules that I have is going to push them to be like, oh, duh, I got to Yeah, I because I was paying, I was paying bills. I never went back home. Listen, yeah, I was paying bills and still had a curfew, honey. Like, <laughs> and that's that's right. That's right, Sister Georgia Concrete. And it's not supposed to be comfortable. You know, you're supposed yep. to get them in the mindset where, okay, I got to go ahead and push forward so I can be my own man and my own woman. They yep. got to know that they're not going to be able to do that in their parents' house. So that's absolutely right. Yeah, and it it taught me. Um, so I never like after uh. After that, I never went back home. And, you know, if my my mom would give like a gift, like she'd pay my bills, um, like maybe once out the year, she'd pay like my rent or and um my car note or pay or 
rent or car note or something like that. She pay a bill, like a big bill, like once a year or something like that. But it taught me like, you know what? Yeah. And I made it. And you, you, when your damn water and light bills get cut off, you'll learn how to pay them. Ain't nobody going to have to remind your ass when you sitting there in the dark. So I don't know. I, I just, um, like they can, they, I want them to get out to explore, but, um, you gonna get out and explore you you gonna i'm gonna let you fall on your ass a couple times and but i'm there i'm gonna i'm gonna be there to help you and um you know do what i can for you but you gonna get out there and see what it's like you gonna see what it's hidden for especially with these two i got baby i hear you i really don't think like i, I moved out at 17 i mean i have my kids um really young so i moved out and i was actually pregnant and um I moved out and I never went back home. But to be completely honest, um, I think that I would have benefited from being home uh, for a few more years. Like, I think that I would have had a smoother transition had I not moved out so early. And that's mm. probably why I tried to do all that I can could to, you know, um, ensure that my daughters had a smooth transition. Let me ask you a question. So what do you mean by a smoother transition? Because I guess I'm kind of looking at it then versus now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're growing up, you're still growing at a certain point, especially at 17, 18, you're still growing. Um, I think when everything hasn't been given to you, so easily and you understand that you there are consequences to staying up all night and doing whatever you want there are consequences for that i think that at the end it still made you a winner and you're still able to pass on certain lessons because you did have to get out and get it and earn it for the most part as opposed to somebody giving it to you yeah but i think when i well, I agree with that, but I think that I wouldn't have had a rocky start, you know, moving into my first apartment, no furniture, you know, didn't have a car. I didn't even have a driver's license to get a car. Um, it resulted in, you know, me, um, it resulted in some things that didn't have to happen had um, I not been in a rush to move out and my mom was like cool you know like you want to leave me you know <laughs> she was like, I ain't you back um but I, I definitely could have benefited from staying home and you know um how i was saying like me that i was kind of naive and hadn't been exposed to like a lot of like street stuff like that was the beginning of me being exposed to some of those things. And like, I just had, like I said, I have a bunch of brothers. Like I, you know, was very protected and sheltered growing up and I didn't experience a lot of things. And then, you know, as soon as I turned 17, it was like, oh, this is, oh, you know, a lot of the things that I weren't, wasn't necessarily prepared for. Um, Kit Clouds, I don't think all the transitions have to be rough though. Um. I think concrete was probably in a different situation because she wanted to move out at 17 and I think I was, I was late to get my driver's license. I don't think I got my driver's license until I was like 20 or whatever, but I didn't have a car. I didn't get a car until 20 cause I was in the military, but I don't think all trans, all of it doesn't have to be um, detrimental. Um, no, like it's, if- it's not all, it's not all de- detrimental sister George. 
If you, yeah. most majority of black people, let's just, let's just be honest. Majority of us are like uh, either poor or working poor, right. you know? So we come from that type of background. So the transition is going to be rough for most of us because mm -hmm. we're not there financially as a group. So if yeah. you factor that in, you know, these are parents that are pretty much teaching their kids the basics of survival because that's all they can give them. They can't give them. Like my parents was fortunate enough to give my brother a thousand dollars and put money down on his place and kind of, you know, buffer him that way. But they didn't have enough money to pay up his rent for like three, four months or anything like that. Yeah. But they gave but him the buffer that they could afford. Doesn't it make right. more sense being that we're working poor and most um, black people, you know, are, are, you know, poor or working poor fall into one of those categories to allow your child, you know, more time to save up to, you know, like and, and a lot of jobs like you're not even going to get a, a decent job <laughs> at 18 with just a high school diploma. So, no. them work you know, what? Money and save up and be able to, uh, you know, uh, get furniture in their house or or, you know, helping them out by helping to furnish their places or helping them and giving them a little bit of a head start. A lot of cultures do do that. And, you know, their children don't have a lot of the same struggles that our, our black kids um, encounter. I think, um, yeah, when I when it was so-called uh, for me saving up, baby, I was fresh to death. <laughs> I was fly as shit. Facts on facts, because that's that's how I was. My parents did give me a little bit more time than my brother, but mm -hmm. I wasn't saving nothing. I was buying my clothes and my shoes and my purses. I wasn't thinking about saving anything. My daughter right. was like that too. She worked at Forever Twenty One, baby. Every every payday, she came home with a big bag full of stuff. And then till I started being like, okay, now this is the requirement. You gonna be putting a hundred dollars to the side every time you get paid. And if I check your account and it's not in there, because she. That she had a high school account on my account, um, then you're gonna have to pay bills. So, but my daughter started off doing that too, like, yeah, money. baby. When I say I was balling out of control between Sephora and Forever 21, baby, all her little checks was gone. I'm like, wait a minute, huh? Listen, I was too fly, like, yeah. oh, and, and be uh, out at the club popping bottles and shit, like, girl. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't I truly learn time. to be. I didn't truly learn to be self-sufficient and you know what they call it adulting until my parents actually got fed up with me because I wasn't listening to them. They put me the hell out. They was like, "Okay, you're gonna have to get out here and do it." And when they when it was hands on and it was me actually doing it, I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is some real shit." Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Listen, but that's what I, I said. Like, I can't get my Dooney and Burke curves. <laughs> exactly, and that's what happened with me when I left home at seventeen. I literally went to stay with this girl. She was twenty five. She was from Chicago, from the West Side. Oh, you grown concrete. Literally, she. Ended up probably, oh, I lived with her for a few months and then I got my own place. Maybe six months after I got my own place, she was um, out at a club and end up like unaliving somebody by stabbing them. So like, I just was, <laughs> you know, like in situations that could have, that's why I said like I narrowly avoided some of the pitfalls. Um, I just felt like staying home would have been a better option for me than, you know, um, rushing How do you, you deal with You wouldn't have known you're... that unless you had gotten out there. When you got out there and you saw it, that's when you realized, okay, I better go home and save some yeah. money. 
how do you That's deal with it when they um start to smell themselves because one that was another thing that mm. um me and my mom was having issues with like I'm 24 years old and my mom wanted me to be back at her house that I was paying bills at at midnight. <laughs> like sis, no. <laughs> I always said that I would uh, like, that was my thing at first. I was like, I'm never going to have my children pay bills because I don't want them to think that they're my roommate and that they don't have to follow my rules. Like I have a friend who her daughter and her split the bills 50, 50, but she wanted to tell her daughter when to wash dishes and stuff. I'm like, she's not going to respect her daughter was like 26. Like she ain't gonna respect that. Girl, pills. Like I, that's why I struggled with that. But when you talk about kids smelling themselves, first of all, you was twenty four, you was grown, so you was beyond the point of a child. But right. my kids went through that stage. But they went through that stage as you know, young teens, like one in particular, but a young teenager, like by the time they were over 21 and over 18, like there was more of an understanding. Um, and you know how my situation was like, by the time my kids were that old, um, I had met my husband and I had my condo, but I stayed at with him. So it was like, they basically, you know, it was right around the corner, but they, you know, had my condo, um, to themselves essentially. Girl, uh, Miss Tracy would be like, you could wash the dishes or you can get out. Miss oh. <laughs> Tracy was an asshole. I can't imagine because I'd be like, where's my baby going to go? Like the big streets of Atlanta, baby. No, they sex trafficking kids and stuff. Hey, uh, listen, put her out. Miss Tracy was like, oh, you can get your roommate. Do it. And when I, but it was like when I got my first apartment, girl, it, the, the, it was on, up from there. And it it was it was cool like you know i, I had a townhouse and I, I love my little townhouse it was so cute and i i thought i did good you know at whatever what point but yeah child they, them kids mm -mm, i heard that i ain't mad at it you know everybody has you know different um things that ways in which they feel that will make their children the most, uh, give them their children the best chance at success and it's important to know your kids too baby. but what you know kid clouds keep talking about all this struggle <laughs> shit and i'm trying to figure out if there were certain lessons that i had to learn about adulthood um i think it's different strokes for different folks um i turned out great um, concrete turned out great. Um, <laughs> we, we made, we made different decisions, but you know, um, we had grounding and we turned out fine. Um, yeah, but you know what? I get it. Like, I understand what, like, for example, it took me seven years to finish my, to uh, obtain my bachelor's. Like I, if I was at home, I would have been able to do that within the normal time frame like you know being out like trying to work and okay well you know now i have a you know a young baby and so you know school is not as much of a priority i would have had my mom was very hands-on i would have had you know help in the house i had younger siblings that would have also been able to aid me so literally i took like a, a a path that made it a little more difficult for me and i still turned out to be successful you're right but um I think that, you know, it, had I not chosen that path, that my 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 travels to success would not have been as difficult as they were. Yeah, I can I, understand I that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. 
But it's just that when you're young, you don't really know. You don't have that knowledge. You thought, hey, I can't wait to get out of my parents' house. I want to be free. And and that that level of thinking, there's nothing wrong with that either. So, I mean, it was a, a longer approach to what you wanted to do, but it right. was what you wanted to do at the time. And you still, you know, ended up achieving the, the goal. You still mm -hmm. made it across the finish line. Yeah, that's true. Kid Klaus comes from, you know, he's from the West. He's from a West Indian, you know, uh, culture. So, the, you know, typically, different. yeah, of, of course. And, you know, I, and I think that it's a good thing, though. Like, I do feel like as black people, there's nothing wrong with with us, you know, giving our children that additional support. Like, ain't nothing out in this world, especially in this day and age. Look at inflation. Like, people can grown adults no, that are thirty plus literally <laughs> can't afford to live on their own. But we're expecting kids to go and live on their own and also be successful and also go to school and also work a job and also, you know, avoid a lot of these pitfalls that we talked about. Like, eh, yeah, but. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't um, know. Out of, out of my four children, I only had one child that wanted to stay at home like forever. The rest mm -hmm. of my kids, they were like, hey, it's time for me to go. I want some freedom because I mean, I was just kind of like in their business. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Did they leave at 18? No, they didn't leave at 18. Okay. Uh, they, they, met, they left at like 21, 22. Okay, that's you know. understandable. Yeah, yeah but you know, I had age. one that just she left for like um a year and a half and then she came back. Mm -hmm. And she and no. she's still with me. Yeah, so all my um. kids, my, my daughters, I always tell them, you know, you can come home. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they can always come home. I mean, the, the thing about it is when you put when you tell your kids that they have to get out there and make their own way. It's for them to learn and and kind of to navigate the world, but it's not like you're saying you you'll never have a place to go if you fall on hard times. Yeah. Um, Harlem Knights uh brought a, a interesting point about he said we should st set up custodial stock accounts for our children mm -hmm. so they have an, the option to do whatever they mm -hmm. want. A lot of parents act like their kids owe them something. I think you have a great point with that. Um. And even with talking to my son now, my son is 10 and he wants to play professional football one day. Right? <laughs> that is his goal. So then I'm like, what happens if you get injured? And I hate this. I hate to, um, to not well, you speak want him to, have to a backup dreams, plan. but that's exactly what it is. Wanting him to have an, a, a backup plan. Mm -hmm. So he was like, well, I just do YouTube. And I'm like, ah, what? He gonna come to the manosphere. Lord have mercy. Yes, Solomon. Goddamn, incels unite. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> they gonna. She's called us incels. Um, <laughs> but so he gonna be on YouTube. Hit the cash app. Hit the oh cash app. Listen, straight up. Like if y'all don't hit the cash app, y'all ain't shit. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I was like, bruh, you can't do. I was like, I do YouTube as a hobby. This is fun. He like, it's people getting rich off of YouTube. Listen, uh, uh, and that's his logic. He's like, well, uh, there was this kid who made like a million bucks last year. My kids would never. They'd be like, I don't know how you do it, mama. They'd be like, I'd be ready to comment and cuss them people out for you. I'm like, don't Listen, but it was so funny because I was like, what? And then I'm like, we're not teaching him shit. What are we doing? <laughs> That's so funny. And he probably like, it looked like easy money too. I could do that. 
I think that's literally like his. That's funny. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I don't know what to do. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is trying to get him into things that he's good at naturally and mm -hmm. develop you know like things that he's good at naturally like he's good at he's great at football but you know it could be a thing that didn't pan out his dad wanted to go pro didn't work out mm -hmm. um so you know you want to set them up uh for success but it's just funny as shit like when he said youtube chat i like to die oh, that's like, so funny he's funny thank <sighs> you I was like, not my son. <laughs> I'll listen to him. I'll listen to his channel. Girl, send his ass a super chat. I, I definitely his will. ass gonna be out in the show. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. Sister George, don't put him out now. Listen, I was just like, damn. But, you know, um, trying to even get them started now. And I think this is my question for y'all i've noticed that other cultures kind of start their kids on a certain trajectory early on in life mm -hmm. like oh you're gonna be a doctor when you grow up and they kind of make them stick to certain things and it's a standard that that standard can't be ignored do you well, think well hold on now wait a minute now but see them kids they got beat a lot too you know yeah i was gonna ask do you think black people would benefit from having those type of types of systems in play because mm. what i've noticed is that um when i was growing up it was like my grandparents kind of discouraged drink like i wanted to be an actress um when i was really young and i actually think i probably could have made it i was in all the plays i was singing whatever and i was always like trying to be out front with stuff like that and i thought i was good at it but um it was like i i had a dream killer early on like no you need to worry about <laughs> focusing on a real job or you need to be focusing on a career that's gonna pay the bills because you you know that acting shit ain't gonna work out you know what <laughs> i'm saying and i've noticed like when you have like maybe um jewish people like you'll have like doctors and they have a lot of doctors in their community and I don't know. I, I just I, I think about stuff like that and I wonder like do we do our children a, a disservice um when we I don't know how to put it because you you're allowing them when we to allow be, them to, to, to treat uh, um basically determine their own destiny, determine their own path. To a certain degree, yeah. Do you guys um, remember that um movie where this um this guy he had all these daughters? And he did this, he did exactly what Sister George was suggesting. He had a predetermined destiny for all of them to be doctors, except for the one daughter, you know, she was real, you know, rebellious. She wanted to do her own thing. And I mean, him and that daughter was battle rolling all throughout the house. I mean, he was beating her and he was putting her on punishment and she was sneaking out the house and, you know, all this other stuff because she wanted to, you know, kind of blaze her own trail and she she wasn't feeling you know her, her father trying to force her into a career i don't know if you guys remember that story because it was about um a black man raising three daughters no that sounds so familiar that. but i can't remember the movie yeah because kimberly i think it was kimberly elise uh mm -hmm. starred in that i want to say i i don't know if i actually seen it but i kind of remember remnants of it though 
that 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 man was beating them kids behind. And I mean, the other daughters would see how bad he was beating on the older daughter, and they was like, "Shit, the hell with that! I'm I'm gonna go study my butt off." They, they were like, "No, nah, right. not true." <laughs> When you talk about that, though, look at the people who um, forced their children into careers and they became a success. Most of them are looked at, are villainized. And we talk about a Joe Jackson or, you know, for even for a while, they had uh, Venus and Serena had a very rocky relationship with their dad. Like oftentimes uh, I've had that conversation with my husband and he because he introduced his children to everything they played all different types of instruments he had them in crocheting he had like he is a jack of all trades and he wanted to expose his kids to stuff but they didn't want to stick to one thing so we talk about that like kind of like is it like better to like you know potentially sacrifice you're having a loving relationship with your children but pushing them into something and especially if that results in them being a success at it but then that that impacts their relationship with you i don't know because my daughter my youngest daughter um was accepted to one of the top schools in georgia and you know she attended and i remember when we um first went for like the orientation they talked about um uh, high rates of anxiety and depression at the school and you know we couldn't kind of, we couldn't understand it and after my daughter attended there for the first two years um, I saw you know I started to see some things that I was like okay this isn't healthy um, the kids all of the kids who attend the school were at the top of their class my daughter graduated she was fifth in her class she got a lot of scholarships all the things and they're used to being at the top of their class but this school is uh you know they're pre uh, programming um you know she was in a uh, met on a medical track was so rigorous that the kids tended to develop anxiety and a lot of other issues as a result of it so she you know changed her major and ended up switching schools but um, it's a lot of times that type of pressure um, can be detrimental to the child. So for me personally, um, and I was one of those like, no, you know, you got to keep going. Like I, I kind of initially she was kind of trying to tell me something was going on and I'm like, no, you know, you'll be okay. And um, I would rather have my child forge their own path than push them like because sometimes you don't know that you're pushing your child to their breaking point um, to, to, to do something that I thought was best. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one because, you know, like um, someone was saying in the chat, you know, other cultures do it, but there's no studies to, you know, kind of delve into the psychological effects that it had on the people after they became older, you know, whether or not, they have good relationships with their families after that. Because I know um, from that movie that That's that daughter, she point. was estranged. She was estranged from her father for years. They didn't talk. Mm. That's true. That's a really, really good point. That's and really then too, point. I think in some of those cultures though, like I think it's more than, I think, first off, I think it would have to be something that is, that you start from a very young age. Like literally a lot of those other cultures, like Asian cultures, they study for 14 hours a day. They, you know, their, their programming is completely different from the time they can talk, walk and talk. I think that if you are trying to 
um, if, if that is what you want, you kind of have this vision for your child and, you know, that's what you desire, you should keep in the back of your mind that, you, that there's no guarantees and your child might not want to do that. But I think that the programming would need to be different. We can't allow our kids, like our kids literally, you know, what are they in school? Six, seven hours. They always got a day off. They all, you know, then they're out for three months. They, a lot of, most people are not doing, um, they're not extending the studies when their children get home. You know, I feel like we have a very lax school system in comparison to some of those other cultures. And yeah, you know, that would have to change if, um, you know, the black culture wanted to. And, and the thing about it is American culture would not stand for, for the things that they do in those other cultures. Now, in those other cultures, they have corporal punishment in the schools as yeah. well as at home. So yeah. imagine if you send your kid to school and the teachers see your kid, you know, slacking off and then they turn around and do a karate chop on their head. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be too happy about that. You know, a black mama is not having that baby. She up at that. No. Uh -uh. I know you did not touch Pookie. I'm Listen, not, bitch. not work. I know you did not put your hands on Ray Ray. Mm -mm. Look, Walmart Tavius over here trying to do good and you up here whipping, whipping his ass. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, girl, we have been and jumped on somebody. Uh, yeah, the, see, the, these other cultures, they're very strict and they, they go through extreme measures to, to make the discipline, you know, something that's going to happen. And I'm talking about when I say extreme measures, they go through extreme measures and we're not ready for that as a culture. I think that that thing to me, that's one of the biggest issues with our culture is because we are the um, instant gratification generation. And every desire and want that we have, we basically just go out and get it. There's not a lot of work for it. If you want a new pair, you, and not not to say that you you don't work for it, but I'm saying like, as opposed to um, being disciplined and saving up for whatever type of car, you know, you'll go out and buy an expensive bag or some shoes or some mm -hmm. shit like that, or you want your hair a certain way, so you go out and you spend $600, $700 on a good wig or some shit like that. And I think that as a culture in general, we definitely lack discipline all the way yeah. around the men, the yes. women, the boys, everybody. We but it's a catch 22. It's kind of like, would you want to potentially, um, impact the uh happiness of your child by by you know pushing them harder and by having a stricter culture that didn't permit certain things like um you know people talk a lot of stuff about this generation but i see them breaking barriers in other ways i'm not mad at our children for not wanting to slave away for somebody for paving their own way for this gig economy that they've developed and found ways to get rich by making TikToks and going viral and without having to go and slave for somebody for 40 years like my dream is not to work and make somebody else rich until i'm 65 now 70 years old like i'm not mad at some of the positive things that I see coming out of this generation. Um, yeah, I think it's positive too. And the thing about it is like for what they're talking about down in the check is the men, the men are always talking this stuff about other cultures. But like I said, a good hmm. case study, look at Joe Jackson and his kids. Hmm. Now he was able to, to make them successful. He was, he was very successful in doing hmm. that, but those kids had issues with him. <laughs> When they got Man, older. Man, listen. 
Mm-hmm. Issue issues and issues with issues within themselves. They they like look you know the you know um, faith. You were about to say something else in reference to that. I I just oh about the uh, gig economy and no I, I don't know if it was Danny. You said you don't agree with the kids not wanting to work hard. Well, it, it's not a factor of just working hard mm-hmm. and not being able to see the rewards. But what I've noticed too is when you don't work for something, how easy um, we are to waste it and how we don't appreciate a lot. I agree. And and then, you know, it's kind of being caught in a catch-22 because you do want your children to learn a certain worth ethic, but at the same time, you do get kind of in the mentality like, I don't want my child having to be a slave for um, whomever for this long and having mm-hmm. to go through the same things that I went through to become successful. But at the same token, I do have an appreciation um, for a lot of shit that wasn't given to me. My yeah. mom didn't buy me all the shoes and clothes that I wanted. Granted, I, I do a lot of that shit um, for my kids now, but it's not even a thing that they appreciate. You like I, I had to. You, know you make perfect sense because you know what 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 if there's a saying about something like you know when you receive something with such ease like you know like you don't you don't right. have the same appreciation for it and I understand that but if I had to pick and choose if someone said you get to choose your children will receive instant success or they'll work for you know until they're 65 and retire and only get you know $3000 $2000 a month whatever and then with inflation they may not even be able to survive off of that so they may still have to take a part-time job i'm gonna be like give me the instant success yeah that makes sense i know that i I just like nobody dreams of laboring i I mean i don't (laughs) like who the hell girl i'm trying to i wish i was off work today yeah listen uh but i I, you know it was uh some great points you know it's just things to think about you know this was a very well-rounded conversation some good perspectives that were brought out um of the discussion things that (laughs) i didn't anticipate did um I see somebody down here say they don't know who Joe Jackson is? Y'all don't know who Michael oh. Jackson's daddy uh, is? What? Please tell me y'all joking. Baby, these are zennials. Please tell me y'all joking. <laughs> Who's Joe Jackson? What the heck? <laughs> I'm so done. Um, Faith, you have any final thoughts? Well, I just want to say um, this was an excellent discussion, much needed. Um, It's going to take a lot in order to teach our children the game. It's going to take a combination because when it depends on what age you're talking about. Now, when your kids are under your roof and they're in school, um, you can teach them the game. Sure. But the peer pressure is the one thing that you're going to have to constantly be watching out for. So in, or, in, 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 in addition to teaching the game, you're going to have to also do a lot of sheltering, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you got to teach the game and shelter at the school age. But once they become adults, you teach the game. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you're going to have to let them experience life. Experience is the best teacher. Like I said, my parents, they were trying to coddle me. They were trying to give me a chance, you know, to to do something with my little self. But I was too busy, you know, not giving a damn. I I spent my money. I didn't care about saving. You know, I didn't I didn't actually uh, learn the game until they put me out 
and then I experienced life. And then it was that, that moment that I realized what my parents were trying to tell me. And I began to appreciate the fact that they had me in the house to save money because I couldn't save anything. I was paying real bills, y'all, real bills. I had mm -hmm. to actually be an adult. But I would have never known that until I felt that experience is the best teacher. And with that, I want to say thank you so much for having me up. Thank you, Faith. Definitely appreciate you coming on and some very solid points you were making from the chat to your in, uh, you coming on the panel and actually highlighting and even breaking down kind of um, a point that Danny was making that I had not realized. So definitely appreciate you coming up and, and, and chopping it up with us. No doubt. No doubt. All right. See you guys later. All right, Faith. Have a good thank one. you so much. Um, <laughs> I can't stand these. I, I, I really do. Like, I, <laughs> I, I just, I can't stand them. Cause you got three reasonable women on the panel, so you know, like, I, I mean, come on. Oh uh, yeah. my god, I'm so good. <laughs> After, listen, look at his next comment. Look at, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so be, done, be yo. I be so hell. done. Like, that's you. Wendy Williams, bro. Like, stop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it was really good to have Faith on. I, I, oh, I mean, yeah, it was a dope conversation. Yeah, she's uh, very reasonable. Whenever I hear her talk, I can, um, I tend, I can at least. How she reasonable when she on your ass? Let me just say <laughs> that. <laughs> with, her, with her commentary and her, her, um, her talking points, I can always, yeah. even if I don't 100% agree, I understand where she's coming from. And yeah, that is, you know, um, and I, and there's a lot of people that I'd be like, where the hell you get that from? <laughs> but that's that's not how you case. be feeling when I be talking. Facts. Not okay. all the time. Um, but listen, <laughs> they said we colorists because because all of us brown. Lord have mercy. Be Child, you know, we the new motherboard, honey. Oh, Put a damn skirt down. Spit that damn gum out your mouth. Spit the goddamn gum Lord. out your mouth. <laughs> but you know, this was a good discussion. It went completely different than I anticipated. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we got off into just quite a bit of discussion on, you know, uh, our life, girl? yeah, on life, essentially life strategy on, you know, um, when it's appropriate to have your child leave the nest and, you know, what's the best route of setting your child. It just went somewhere that I didn't anticipate, but it was a very good discussion and I'm glad that we were able to have it. Absolutely. Um, well, we will see you guys back here on the next one. Mm-hmm. We out. Thank you. Thank you. Peace.